in a world crying out for a top 10 show. John Roca and Matt Nost are here to bring you the top 10. Take it away, boys. Welcome, everybody, to this week's edition of the Top Ten Show. I am John Roca. I am Matt Nost. Woo, and we are enjoying our second week, unburdened by the chains of being under a another network. We are on our own now as the Top Ten. Want to thank everybody who has downloaded our first episode, everybody who came over with us and subscribed to us. A lot of great comments from the fans, Matt, saying how um, it's easier to download our episodes and find our stuff. Yeah. So great. Just got to search for, you know, the top 10. Right. All three with the number 10, just the top 10. Mm-hmm. But it, you don't have to go through the rigmarole. Right. The hoops of you got to go to this other person. I got to right. teach you how to spell the word schmo. <laughs> because everybody has their own interpretation. It's true. Very true. And then from there, you have to scroll through the feed until you find the one that says top 10. Exactly. And, and then you have to download... Your thing will automatically, when you subscribe, the other thing will automatically yeah. download all of these other podcasts. Or we're just our own thing now. Each week, do one of two other things put an update on there with no download or yeah. both. Yeah. But at least you'd be like, hey, they put a new one out. And if you don't want to see it, you just close it out. Exactly. But uh, yeah, there's some people chimed in and be like, I just want you guys on your own feed because I feel like I can't do the auto download because that's like six shows at a time. Yeah. And it just eats up a ton of space from the week. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I get it. Uh, so welcome yeah. to all of you that found us, that followed us, that came with us. Yeah. Greener pastures. <laughs> and, double rainbow, triple rainbow over here. That's true, triple rainbow. It's fucking gorgeous. And all the people who've been retweeting the show as we've requested, because this is really important. For those of you who are listening to us, retweeting our show on your own feed is really important. I don't care if you have two followers or 20,000 followers. It helps to get the word out for the show. If we're going to build this base back up, it's really important for you all to retweet the show. So thank you to people who did as soon as the show went live on Tuesday. Uh, uh, Matt and I both like stayed up till midnight and yep. posted it at midnight and then woke up the next morning and posted it sometime in the early morning to get those people as well. Yeah, everybody that missed it. Yeah. They weren't up, weren't excited like we were. Yeah, right. We're jazzed for this. We're going to stay up. We're going to do this. Yep. Uh, it's awesome though because it just kept getting retweeted, retweeted, retweeted mm-hmm. over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And every time, open up Twitter because we have really good fans anyway. They interact and, and send us tons of messages. Yep. Yep. And by and large, they still like it and retweet on a, a great clip. Oh sure. But to see the wave of just us simply asking, "Hey, we've never asked you to retweet us before. Yeah. Please retweet." And just like boom, no problem. Here's, yeah. Here's double more than you've ever gotten. Thank you very much. Yeah, it was uh, nice to see. Yeah, it was. It was. Even on big show announcements like the London one. Right. This, this topped that. You guys came out with even more support. And yeah. uh, we just want to thank you. And they, Honestly, doing the retweets and the likes and all that, as dumb as it is, it enables us to expand to more people than we can come to your city. Right. We can come to London. How much did you enjoy it? Now those guys are singing our praises. Going, yeah. Please, if you have the opportunity, go see it. It's worth it's worth the price of admission and then some. Right. And that's all we can give. We just give 120%. I mean, what more do you want? I, my life is shorter at the end of every time I perform, just by a little bit, because True. I'm giving so much. Right. Yeah. <laughs> There's only so much you can give. Gas has so much tank. That's uh, right. It's so much in the tank, rather. And we've already given people so many hours yes. of entertainment, so many hours 
of our lives. Because it's not just we just show up and talk movies. We're also off the mic. We go home and watch movies so that we, or rewatch movies so that we can properly rank them for your enjoyment. And you can take us along yeah. with you everywhere as we do so. Well, I also think that the, the fact that we bullshit and talk about our lives, too. Yeah. Just yeah, like, well. yes, live through the, the classics, uh, yeah. Bobo. Uh, Robert Haley puts it on Facebook the week like here's the gist of this episode and just a couple sentences. Oh wow! And this week's that dropped was the the package episode. Oh, it had knocked on the door. Yeah, at your place. Don't remember yeah. what the list was, but I, I remember, remember that moment. It's I remember like, oh, yeah. too. And like, what is this? And I had no idea. And the guy would he did something weird with the package, like he ran away or something. I yeah. can't remember specifically. It was very strange. It was strange. Uh, and then in a future episode, you guys find out what it is. But that's only on Patreon. <laughs> Patreon.com forward slash the top 10 with the number 10. You can get that. The old episodes, we put those up and about to add some more stuff to that. We have, uh, we're already cooking up ideas on our own to, yeah. for some more Patreon content, uh, some stuff you guys get first. This is important. You got, you know, you guys, the Patreon is very important now that we've got on our look. You guys who are, you know, those Schmodown, Christian has been pushing the Patreon of the Schmodown. For it's what keeps things alive. It's what it's going to keep the top ten show alive. Is you guys coming on and supporting us? We don't care one, five, ten, fifteen, twenty. It doesn't matter. Just doing something to support the show is always great. It keeps us going. And look, we've expanded. You get more for your buck. We've expanded. Now we're coming to your cities, mm-hmm. doing live shows. That's all because of you guys bringing you exclusive live T-shirts. There'll be more merch as it comes down the line for you all to enjoy and support the show with. But yeah, like Matt said, W www.patreon.com slash the top 10 with the number 10 there see the multiple tiers you can participate in uh in the patreon uh top 10 relist show that we do yep uh we'll do q a we're going to be starting doing q a's more consistently from you guys because the world of entertainment change changes daily let alone monthly so yeah. you want new questions for us to answer from you guys and then we'll be doing movie reviews that'll start coming back more frequently on the show as well. yeah that'll be some of this stuff that we're talking about, we have more ideas. Some of it will be for yeah. Patreon only for a little while, and then we'll put it up for everybody else. Exactly. Some may stay Patreon only. Um, mm-hmm. Just try and, you know, as we've progressed, graduated, moved up, yeah. like we stepped up, now we're traveling to do shows and whatnot. Okay, yeah. we, we do that now. Okay, now we step up beyond that. We'll start to deliver more content. And we're only right. doing this for the people that just uh, get it for free, which God bless you. Thank yeah, you for listening. Of course. Thank you. Um, we're only able to do that because of the nice people on Patreon. Because every yeah. once and again, when someone asks me about it, and people people donate just for the free thing you do, and be like, I, you know what? It's hard for me to not sound like an egotistical prick right now, but we're pretty good at it. <laughs> yeah, we are pretty so, good. At it. It's, I mean, they, we're not bad. No, I would say we're good at. It. I say we're better than most. I would argue that we're better than most. I think you're soft selling that. You know okay, what I mean? we're the, That's mo- the we're soft the best. open of okay. the, the hard open, which is Pantheon, <laughs> Mount Rushmore of. Two dudes doing a top ten yeah. f- uh, film podcast. I feel like we're in the top tier of that. We are the top tier. Yeah, I'm sorry. We are the top tier. I apologize. We're the Washington on that monument. Absolutely. On the Rushmore. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> well, also, I want to thank the fans also, Matt, who uh, took a call to arms from us and posted new reviews, new rankings. On new, iTunes? On iTunes. I'm looking at them now. If you don't mind, I'll read no. some. Yeah, Lucky One, 1138. Funny and informative. Makes my drives to work a lot more bearable. Keep up the great work, John and Matt. Uh, Frog on Chair. Matt and John are hilarious together. You can really tell how much work and care they put in every week. 
Uh, see, VT Eric, Roka and Nost are two entertaining guys, and this podcast is always a great listen. The guys construct a list of the top ten movies in a category every week in a way that exposes you to great movies to check out or gives you nostalgia for a movie you remember. Great, easy listening podcast for all movie fans. Uh, Carol Louise the third. She says, or Carol Louise 3, I have been a long-standing listener of this podcast. The chemistry between Nost and Roca is always entertaining, and the show's premise is an interesting way to hear about movies I may have missed over the years. Rock on, top 10. Uh, all of these five stars, five stars, uh, simple, even simple ones. John and Matt are awesome. Nost and Roca are killing it. Uh, all of these are fantastic, and they help us get seen by other people who are trolling through uh, iTunes to see or, or other places yeah. to see who they want to listen to and you're all leaving five stars if you haven't left a comment please leave a comment for us give us some love give some rankings little, it'll little take you two to three minutes tops uh, to give it because it doesn't have to be this treatise it can be a couple of sentences yeah no do whatever you want the, it, show it, some love it really does we almost cracked the top 50 last I saw we were yeah. in the world yeah. of movie podcasts our podcast was we almost cracked the top 50. That's we insane. Have not, we haven't been on our own in a long time. Right. Uh, so thank you to all of you. And by by retweeting it, by posting the reviews, you're only helping. We can't – I wish we could say something beyond thank you. But our thanks, yeah. our, our eternal thanks to you and to all our Patreon supporters and the people who came out to the live shows You know, for two assholes that just showed up one day. And we're like, I don't know. We're just going to start talking about movies. Yeah. It's great to to know that I'm, we're not talking into the void out yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I think it was in London and just talking to people that have been with us from the beginning and so like, dude, you, you don't really think about it, at least I didn't, until later of the, the that early beginnings of the fact that I was going literally into space. Nobody yeah. was listening to it. Yeah. I, we started from such humble beginnings. Mm -hmm. Not to say no one was listening to it. We got some, but compared sure. to what we do now, it's like it's crazy that we just kept going and trudging. But it's all thanks to the people that adopted early and yeah. stayed with us and told their friends. And and we've gotten better as a show. People took a chance yeah. on us figuring this out as we came along. Like Matt and I were professional podcasters. We just both professional shit talkers in our separate lives coming together to talk shit about movies and talk shit about each other's points of views or opinions about movies. That's been the show. And so to see it go from where it was top ten car chases or and the Pixar movies or whatever we start out with – to how it's progressed and changed, whatever. And now we have this show, a fine, uh, a highly oiled machine. Is that how they say? A highly oiled machine? Uh, sure. Oh, yeah, I think finely tuned A finely tuned machine. That's it. Finely tuned machine uh, that it is now. Uh, it's because of you all and the support you've given us and, you know, motivating us to come and do this show every week, knowing that, you know, you guys are out mm -hmm. there waiting for us to do a list. Yeah. And it means a lot. Uh, and yeah, coming with the how could you leave that off? I love that because they have the same passion we do. Yeah, and it's never. It's never oh, I like, love that. Oh yeah, yeah, it's never like f you. Yeah, you son of a bitch. Like just breaking up. <laughs> like no, this shit is real, man. <laughs> no, it's usually like oh how how could you really right. Like the rest of your choices, I have nothing but respect for. But if you don't have this, then it invalidates and be like, man, I get, I feel you. Yeah. I do it with other people list sometimes and be like, dude, you're so stupid. I like the controversial ones. Like we just had, even on the first, the CDC stuff, everyone's like, that's a natural disaster. Blah, blah. It's like, that's so funny to see the comments when people either agree or yeah. disagree with either one of us and how far it can go. It's always funny to see the back and forth. My, my wife agreed with the dissenting opinion in that she was like, well, I want like earthquake type of disaster. Yeah, mentally, that's where you go. And I'm like, sure. Right. Sure. Right. But she was like, I see that's why it's a natural disaster. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's not the – you just said no. 
you didn't have a rationale. I did, but I took mine off. You did not. So, like, I conceded, and I well, was gracious enough to leave it on the list. Ah, see, you just took that <laughs> humbleness and you threw it right out the window. You had built the something. <laughs> and you're like, this, this you know, hill so of beans ain't much. I was so close <laughs> <laughs> to doing the right thing. You put that with a stick in your own spoke. <laughs> I trip myself. Story of my life. Um, Matt, we are going to Chicago. Uh, yes. We are only a few days away. I can't believe it's, it's as two we're recording this. Now. It's Yeah, it's two days from now. As we're recording this, it's, uh, you know, it's less than a week away. Mm-hmm. We're going to be on a plane going to Chicago, and then we're doing two shows. We're almost sold out for both shows. Um, thank you to everyone who's bought tickets. PJ, P, uh, people are still reaching out to me. PJ reached out to me, said he's going to be there, and he's going to come and uh, see both shows. Sweet. That's awesome. So thank you to PJ for doing that. If you haven't bought your tickets yet, where can they go, Matt, to do They this? go to Reggie'sLive.com, and it's, there's a 7 o'clock and a 10 o'clock. The 7, as we're recording this, has like six or seven seats left. Mm. And then the 10 o'clock has something like 15 or 18. Yeah. So we're close on both. Yeah. Um, I'm happy that the late show has done that well. That's a strong show. Yeah, it's a strong overall. show. Mm-hmm. Um, so my guess is we will be sold out. If we sell out, if you're listening to this uh, on Wednesday or something, if we sell out, there is an opportunity to potentially have some standing room seats and those will be available at the door. Yeah. So if it gets that far, you don't go online and you want to come, uh, you know, if you, the time passed, you want to get tickets day of they, we've talked to them about it. There's a possibility. So, Mm -hmm. uh, more than likely you can. So there'll be walk up for standing room. If it's sold out. Yeah. So check in on Tuesday. We'll be telling you on Twitter if we sold out or not. Uh, and that's, yeah, I can't. We'll be in Chicago. It's yeah. crazy. It came up so quick. Yeah. We got back. We got back into the routine. And then, bam, we're right back out the door. Yeah. And also to the people that want us to come to uh, Toronto, Houston, New York, you got the Facebook groups coming. By the time you hear this, those are up. Hit us up at uh, the top 10 live with mm-hmm. the number 10 at Gmail. The top 10 live. Mm-hmm. Email in the subject line, just put the city, so Toronto, Houston, slash San Antonio, or uh, New York, and then in the body, tell us how many are coming. Yeah. And we can start figuring out the feasibility of making it to these towns. But they've already expressed there's been a nice outpouring so far. There has been. So it looks like it's building to uh, realities happening for a couple of those cities for sure. Yeah, and we'll be, I mean, I'll be coming to Houston with Dan to take on Double Toasted for a schmodown, and there's conversations that. We might be able to do one in Houston. We don't know if we're going to be able to. So if you're part of the Facebook group in Houston, that's kind of your job or your mission is to see if there's enough people, if there's a venue we can do it at on Thursday night and possibly do a live top 10 show down there as well, uh, which would be great. We'll see if it can happen. If not, we'll have to push that Houston show down the road a little bit. But you're right, Matt. This is one – like this is falling very soon. Now, we just caught our breath off of the London show. Yeah. This and was, here we go biting off two shows in one night, biting yeah, off the, to chew and see where it goes. way easier, though. Yeah. We don't have to fly Across, hours yeah, on end. Yeah, right. And exactly. they get used to massive time difference. Yeah. And different weather. It was drastically colder. Yeah. Uh, just like it was a, a – a more singular experience, whereas I've been to Chicago mm-hmm. countless times. Mm-hmm. It's a fantastic city. I love going there, so I'm going to be relaxed, easy going. I, you know, I could potentially fly in day of show, which I'm not doing. Yes. But it's just like, it's Chicago. I, I know Chicago. I got no problem with that. It's a toddling town, I heard. A toddling? That's what I heard. I, what does that mean? That's Sinatra. Chicago's a toddling town. Have you ever heard of that song, Chicago? Uh, I have. I just he says that in the song. Okay, well, I was about to say not all the lyrics shine as brightly as <laughs> others in that song for me. 
New York, New York, sure. That's a great song. That's an iconic song. Right. There's the Chicago one that's like, hey, what about us? It's <laughs> oh, good, Second but City. it's not New York, New York. So, Oh, but don't – his L.A. song is even worse. Of course. That 80s one, L.A. is my lady. Oof. Exactly. Woof. It's a depreciating return it is. over time. That's a Quincy Jones produced one, too. It's pretty terrible. Oh. And there's a music video for it. So if any of you want to go down a wormhole, go find that 80s music video of Frank Sinatra singing L.A. is my lady in a members-only jacket. It's very uncomfortable. I feel like because Quincy's a part of it, like there would be a whole bunch of random celebrities that got early listening to it. No, there's a bunch of random celebrities in the video, my friend. So, Are there? Who you yeah. got? Uh, Diane Cannon. Okay. I think Michael Jackson's in it. I'm not sure. Of course. Uh, maybe, I don't know if Dean Martin is still around by that time. I don't remember. But the, and the thing, maybe Randy, I don't know. There's a number of people, Randy Newman, there's a if number of LA people. If it's LA themed in that, that era, yeah. it's, it's got to have Randy Newman involved somehow. Don't you? Yeah, right, exactly. Because he was, you know, he's Mr. LA, even yeah. though that song is making fun of LA. <laughs> That's the irony of that song, and it plays right? At the end of Laker games, it's great. <laughs> at the end of Dodgers games too, whenever they win, that song comes on. Yeah, it makes no sense because they're making fun of. We love it. Yeah. Santa Monica Boulevard. <laughs> we love it. Talks about a lady with big boobs. He's riding around the car oh, with. Just, yeah. That homeless guy. <laughs> You're like son of a bitch. It's just painting, you know, a picture of Los Angeles but because people are cheering at various points. It makes it seem like it's a much happier song than it really is. Okay. Yeah, well, that's fair. That's fair, absolutely. Uh, but this, yeah, the LA Ladies Lady, yeah, what do we got? Oh, yeah, Van Halen's in the video. Wow. That's terrible. Can you imagine what it must have been like in the room with David Lee Roth and Frank Sinatra? Uh, well, David Lee Roth and Eddie Van Halen in the video, they come out of a concert. They go into their limo and put on a VCR of Frank Sinatra singing. <laughs> Most fucking LA. <laughs> L.A. 80s thing of all time. They get into their limousine to put in a VHS. This is great. Eric Estrada is in this. Wow. Yeah. Scraping the bottom. What happened? How many is this? Like a 150-person cameo, and we yeah. just got Estrada in there? Oh, my God. Yeah. Shits and giggles. Michael McDonald's in this. The mayor. Remember the uh, black mayor from L.A.? I can't remember in the 80s. I can't no. remember his name. If I heard the name, perhaps. Missing Persons is in this. Jack, uh, whatever his name is, Jack Wagner, James Ingram. It's a very strange Latoya. Yeah, it is Dean Martin and Latoya Jackson sharing margaritas out on their backyard porch. There you go. Very, very strange. Uh, anyway, uh, we're, we're, we're way I mean, off track now. We are, but at the same time, picture yourself at that video shoot. Oh, dude, I the like, 80s, whatever, man. Dean Martin, you're, you're paired up with Latoya. Latoya, yeah. And that's a day's work. Well, and Latoya wasn't Latoya back then. Like the, the madness that Latoya became. Kind of. Maybe behind the scenes. Of course. Nobody knew. The seed was planted. Right, right. Nobody knew she was off a rocker. Um, yeah. Anyway, those are the things that Sinatra did. There's, I think those are only the only cities he sang about. I don't know if there's a Kansas City in there somewhere. I don't know. Or a London. I oh, could see an international a foggy city day. for shoe. Yeah, Foggy Day in London shoe, Town. Sure. He did that. Foggy London Town? Foggy Day in London Town. Yeah, he did that. All right, then what else does he have? That's a you standard. Oh yeah, you want a day at the bull ring for Madrid? Are we doing top? (laughs) (laughs) Are we doing top two? (laughs) Here comes the bull! Oh my God! Wait, about cities. This is great. What what do we got for Sinatra? Does he? Uh, He's got to have others. Sinatra songs. The canals of Venice. Oh, all right. Here we go. Doing a bad goulet. I love Paris. I love perfect. April in Paris. Okay. Moonlight in Vermont. (laughs) 
<laughs> so you basically were just throwing an adjective at one dartboard and then one in another geographical location dartboard. London by night. Uh, <laughs> blue. fucking right itself. Blue Hawaii. <laughs> Uh, Rome, Rome on a moped. I haven't seen Rome yet. Road to Mandalay, <laughs> Isle of Capri. Okay. Autumn in New York. That's a standard. Uh, sure. Uh, sure. And Chicago, my kind of town. Chicago is. Uh, the stars fell on Alabama. <laughs> Out back of Sydney. <laughs> Brazil, the coffee song. That's a great song. Okay. What's it, the coffee song? What oh, does that mean? Uh, it's it's him. Uh, oh, you met somebody. No. Oh, no, wait. Oh, the coffee. Oh, so the coffee song is about him going down to Brazil and talking about how much people are addicted to coffee. The entire song is about how much people love coffee in Brazil. That's the whole song. <laughs> I wonder how many fucking copies that sold. Oh, listen. Certified double, triple platinum. It's considered one of his best songs ever. <laughs> it is. The coffee song. He goes, coffee song. Here, way down among Brazilians, coffee beans grow by the billions, so they've got to find those extra cups to fill. They've got an awful lot of coffee in Brazil. You can't get cherry soda because they've got to fill that quota. Yeah, where's the Sinatra? You can't <laughs> get cherry soda. Yeah. You can't, it, it's a fast beat. because you can't get cherry soda because they've got to fill that quota. And the way things are up, but they never will. That's how he sings it. Because there's no way he's saying that something peppy. He sings it fast. He sings it fast. No, no, no. I'm saying later on in career. Oh, no, he wouldn't. Yeah, it's a slow, yeah. Yeah. Later Sinatra is more. It's always. It's it's more sad. Just the long drawn out. That's what I'm saying. Every song to a city is just as heartfelt. Yeah. More than likely. I think it's my favorite stanza here. You date a girl and find out later she smells just like a percolator. Her perfume was made right on the grill. Why they could percolate the ocean. In Brazil. Uh, he's got another one called South of the Border about Mexico. And I know that one. I love that one because it's talking about him going down and uh, starting a romance with this young lady and then leaving her at the altar because he never intended to marry her. And that's the song. It's, it's kind of a, a sad song in that way. Um, yeah, I think that's – oh, the girl from Impanima, of course. That's always a song. Yeah, but who didn't do yeah, that? Yeah, exactly. Everybody did that. Um, not surprising uh, at all. So yeah, there still, you go. There's a lot. <laughs> It's a lot to choose from. There's no Madrid, though. I think he left a bunch on the table, though. <laughs> he probably did, yeah. A night in Moscow. Oh, <laughs> sure. How do you know? Sure. The Iron Curtain comes down. Yeah. Sinatra's music comes up. That's all Elton John's territory with that uh, Nikita. Nikita. Okay. Yeah, right? And then Jackson had a, Michael Jackson had a weird one. Stranger in Moscow. That's a really weird song. I don't know if I've heard that yeah, one. Yeah, I think it's off of either Dangerous or Bad. One of his later albums. I'm we not have to sure go further one. than that if you're saying later. Like, what is the one where this is it? But then there was the tour before that, and wasn't there a crap oh, album yeah, that came yeah, out yeah. with that? They had the documentary on it. Uh-huh. Oh, there had to be other. Good question. There was Black or White. Was yeah. that on the – which album was that on? That's a, I think that was on the Dangerous album. Okay. I think you're right. I'm a stranger in Moscow. Uh, it was off the album – his story, yeah. There you go. There it is. It was uh, released. Never heard the album. Ninety six. Yeah, yeah. I was over Jackson at that point. Yeah, like it blew me away when they announced his tour and they sailed something down the River Thames, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it was like on a barge or whatnot, and people were going bananas. And I was like, yeah, oh, really? He can still? He has that drawing power? I didn't know this. But he was still huge. He's yeah, yep. It would do that anywhere. It was just at that point he. I was over him. Yeah. But I, was, I think that was around his story. Yep, yep. That sounds about right.
Apparently, the song was written in response to the accusations of child sexual abuse that he he was suffering from. Okay. The accusations. That's weird because the song is not about that. It's, with the lyrics are not about that. Well, why would you write a song about that? Anyway, all right, moving on. Uh, before we get too deep into that terrible hole. Yeah. Uh, anyway, just thank you to everyone. And uh, Matt, is there anything we need to plug before we start? Um, no, but we've already started. Okay. That's Let- what the people have been <laughs> supporting us for. All these many years. That's right. It's the, the bullshit and the actual show. The weird diatribes. Well, this week we are doing uh, the top ten films based on graphic novels in honor of Hellboy coming out. By the way, I haven't gotten an invite to any of the screenings for Hellboy, so I don't know if that's good or bad. Did they come to here and they got claimed quick or something? Uh, maybe. I don't know if anybody is going. No one's mentioned that they're going. But, you know, people here at Collide, like, they guard their, they guard their screening invites like with uh, under lock and key you know it's it's weird people just drop it oh i have a i have a screening oh well, did the production companies reach out to that person specifically yeah the they studio? do well, the publicists do because they develop relationships you know and i've got some relationships with publicists, but it's, it's not anything like you know it's a level like you know with uh, uh perry has a lot of she's been doing a long time frosty obviously a number yeah. of people here have uh snyder relationships with publicists. i'm still building those things so it, it takes time you know but uh, every once in a while, I get invited to something out of the realm, and that's always nice. Like I, I'm gonna have to start developing relationships with publicists with smaller companies, mm-hmm. so that I can, you know, like hopefully someday, like it'll be it'll yield something. But we'll see. Um, anyway, Hellboy's coming out. David Harbour doing the remake reboot, in essence, of this uh, Guillermo del Toro during the fir- doing the first ones uh, with um, Ron Perlman. Correct. So- we were doing this. And uh, what, Selma Blair, David Hyde Pierce was in the first one. I can't remember the guy that plays the old man. It's a great... John Hurt. It is John Hurt. Yeah. It's uh, uh, Ian McShane in this one. Maybe you'll go. I'm hesitantly intrigued. Okay. I saw one trailer and I happened to see a second one. They recut it. And I yeah. like the recut trailer. But the problem is I already have the taste of the first trailer in my mouth. I understand. Oh, okay. So I don't know because it left me with questions of, huh, I like from what I liked of Hellboy were some of the stupid jokes yeah. thrown in. Yeah. And I saw none of that really, or if it did, it didn't land for me. Mm-hmm. But I'm also comparing it to two movies that I thoroughly enjoyed. Yeah. Both uh, those movies are great. Yeah. Yeah. I have both of them. Yeah. Saved on a hard drive. Golden Army. Um Okay. Uh, but yeah, when you suggested graphic novels, we're like, sure, because it runs the gamut of different movies. There's yes. tons of different choices. Yep. Um, and some unusual choices. There are. And there's also, like, uh, you know, my list really is on some level 11, except for one kind of disqualified itself. So it's like, oh. all right, I can make room for this other one. Okay. Um, so I was happy about that. I mean, I, there's one that's probably not on mine, but it will be on yours, and I'm, I'm happy about that. <laughs> it will be talked about. Uh, another right. one. Like, there's a few others, but I, I don't know. Arbitrarily. The idea of it being a graphic novel, too, yeah. factored into somewhat of the decision. Okay. Just for various reasons of uh, whatever. Yeah. Doesn't really matter because the show begins. The Once sh- John and I set a topic, we go our individual ra- ways and create personal top ten list. Show back up here. I do my bottom three. He does his bottom three. I do my next two. He does his next two. Then we trade one apiece. Once we have revealed our personal top ten list, we create the shows between the two of us. Boom. All right. Um, so – Tough list. Yes. A lot of choices. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are some that uh, I think technically would qualify, but I kept uh, kept off because of the technical qualification. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And others of, well, if you want to look at it through this prism, you could call it that. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not technically then a graphic novel. Right. 
And uh, one had a reclassification within Wikipedia, and it said not to be confused with a graphic novel. Yeah. It's a different style of roughly the same thing. I'm like, mm-hmm. you know what? I'm going to disqualify it for that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what yeah, the specific definition have, is. And I may have qualified it for that. Who knows? Who knows? We're going to find out. Who knows? So 10 for me is Atomic Blonde. Oh, great choice. That's all my uh, honorable mentions. Okay. Uh, I enjoyed that film. So did I. And yeah. the, the fight scenes in it were absolutely fantastic. Oh, hell yeah. The one with uh, Charlize, obviously the one with Charlize, but it's <laughs> later in the movie when it starts with, uh, it like, ends up in the kitchen, it goes all over yeah. the little apartment. Through the stairs. Yeah, and they're so just dead tired at the yeah. end. It's like a they live. That, that looked like a relatively yeah. real fight scene. Even though they're still doing the crazy badass moves. Yeah. It slows down and they get tired, which you never see. Go watch the raid. Yeah. It's like those dudes can punch and kick for seven minutes straight, not yeah. happening. Yeah. If you've ever tried to box in your life, I'm in good cardio shape, and it takes it out of you. And that's just boxing. That's using two limbs. Yeah. I'm not kicking. I'm not jumping. I'm not doing flying cartwheels and crap <laughs> and winging dudes all around. Um, but it's also a interesting Cold War uh, spy espionage story yeah. yep. wrapped up with that style of action with a nice little twist at the end. Mm-hmm. And I thought she was so excellent at it. I kind of hope they turn it into a little mini franchise, you know. I think Black Widow on some level should just steal that mm-hmm. and maybe build the stakes up a little bit more because it's a superhero. Yeah. But something akin to that where the reason she got into this is because she's so badass and sometimes in like tight proximity situations, it's great to have an, an assassin. Yeah. It is. Yeah. They don't have to wield a big hammer. They can use a scalpel. It's a yeah. much more effective tool sometimes. Well, I like the twists and turns of the movie too. You know, what side is she on? You don't know yeah, as it goes along. What's up and down? Yeah, exactly. And some nice things with Sofia Botella. And of course, uh, uh, James McAvoy is fantastic. He is. So good. And uh, this is in 80s or set in an 80s time. So mm-hmm. you have the Cold War stuff going on. Uh, and then when the twists start to happen in the last 30 minutes of the movie and they keep going, you're just like, holy shit. Like, where does this all end up? And by the time you're done, you're like, well, I will absolutely see a sequel to this. Yeah. And I hope they make it. I don't know if they will because of the box office returns. But damn, I hope they make it because she was excellent in this. And the resolution I found perfectly incomplete. Yeah. Like, yes. Yes. The means to the end wasn't some perfect – surgical operation, right. whatnot. Right. There were moments that went bad and ultimately lit this, and then here's the fallout from that decision. Yep. It's like everything, every action has a reaction. Right. Um, so, the, of course, there's going to be a response, and they lay a nice little groundwork for, well, the response pushed her in this direction. Yeah. And it's like, okay, the next movie would be her casted off in this direction, and then what happens this time? Right. And does it happen again and over and over? Yeah, it's just a really fun movie. Mm-hmm. That I think did I thought it did decently well enough. It did decent, not enough to go like, oh, this is going to get a sequel. Surely enough to have the conversation. That's so. what I thought. The conversation alone, yeah, would make it worthwhile. Yeah, uh, yeah, because John Wick, yeah, it got its sequels. It's tough to do. Yeah, it is enlightening in a bottle, and perhaps the public just needs to find that movie through time. Yeah, and then you come back out, but then they would say, well. Streaming and DVD sales aren't enough to justify because the demand doesn't seem to be there because they got mm-hmm. every number under the sun now. Right, right. Uh, but <laughs> I hope they make another one. That'd be pretty fantastic. I agree. I agree. All right, so that was my 10. Okay. Uh, get ready to say the words punt. Okay. Scott Pilgrim. That's my number 10. Oh. Yeah. I was very, very surprised at how this list came out, man. I okay. really was. Because, you know, the thing is people need to understand listening, like, and I'm sure they do it themselves. You're creating a list. At the time that you're creating the list, mm-hmm. maybe a month from now, 
My list is a slightly different. It all depends. But right now, this is my list. And Pilgrim kept moving further and further down, even though I love that movie yeah. for different reasons. But for this list, yeah, it's like I don't know. When you say the words graphic novel, I somewhat have a different expectation, even though yeah. I have things that, that violate that. But for sure. Scott Pilgrim, to me, is, is a graphic novel, but it's also kind of an homage to video games yeah, and yeah, to yeah. pop culture and to it's this uh, really fluid identity I don't think you can really fully constrain it. Yes, it was you know created within a graphic novel. I 100% agree with you, but mm-hmm. I don't know. To me, it's graphic novel boiled up from the comic culture around it, and Scott Pilgrim boiled up from that, plus video games, plus movies, yep. plus TV. And it's more honest in its uh, influences. Yeah. It's more open of we're clearly stealing a moment from this. Yes. That helped create the aesthetic of this world. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's why I was just like, it's an excellent movie. Mm-hmm. I think it's why it surprised me that it didn't do well because I remember seeing this at Comic-Con with a bunch of friends at a special screening of it at a theater. Edgar Wright presented it uh, and everyone was excited. Everyone was excited. When it was over, everyone was like, this is going to blow up at the box office. This is going to make so much money. This is the, the peak of nerd culture translated into a movie. And that thing fell on its face in the box office. And people still have a – people love it though. People discover it all the time. Yeah. It definitely has a, a an underground uh, type of love from a number of people. But uh, it never like blew up like people thought it was going to. It came out of multiple screenings of this film. And it's got great performances. I agree with you, Matt. It, it absolutely shows you what it's being re- – what it's referencing and it's unashamedly doing so. And by doing it that way, they're honoring what they're stealing from or what they're uh, doing an homage to. So many good actors. I mean, shit, Captain America and Captain Marvel are in this fucking movie. Brie Larson and the former Superman, Brandon Routh. He's in this as well with Chris Evans. Yeah, all of these guys uh, with uh, uh, Michael Sarah and uh, uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, um, who's going to be in fucking Birds of Prey. As Huntress. So, like, a lot of people are in this fucking movie that went on and did a bunch of things and are still working. So you got to give it a lot of love to this thing. And Jason Schwartzman is hilarious as the villain. uh, And everything that happens with him is so funny. So, uh, yeah, it's a film that's well worth it. And Edgar Wright went on and did uh, uh, Baby Driver and a number of other things. So, yeah. Yeah, came in off of uh, Shaun of the Dead. Right. And that's why people are so geeked. not surprising that a room full of people that go to Comic Con thought that movie was amazing because it's yeah. geared directly to people it that really, go to Comic Con. It really was. I think if maybe if it came out within the past couple of years, it would have done a lot better because it's a great point, man. Even more people now know superhero movies. Oh yeah, and uh, I think some of the video game references, no problem. Right, like Extra Life, One Up, whatever that was. Yeah, they came out from Super it. Mario. Yeah, sure. But if you did a Fortnite reference, you're going to lose. Sure, so many people. I know the word Fortnite. I've never seen the game. Yeah, I've seen like. Random things, and it says Fortnite above. It's like, okay, that's one of the characters, clearly, right. but I don't know anything about it other than right. the general construct of what the game is because I don't game anymore. Um, but it didn't really do that. It tried to go for on those more hidden topics, so to yeah, speak, yeah, yeah. the lesser known. It went for the biggest, cherry picked some of the bigger ideas from mm-hmm. that that would resonate with people. Yeah. But there was also some nice winks to people, you know, others that are more ensconced in that culture. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like so that. nine for me. Okay. What's your number eight? Eight is uh, Hellboy itself. Oh, okay. That, you know, ironically, it didn't make my list. But okay, good choice. I, I would take either. Mm-hmm. I like Golden Army for certain aspects more. Um, yeah. But the first Hellboy 
to me is the more interesting overall story. Yeah. I think it completes better from point A to point B. And the second one, I like the reality of what they're setting up, mm-hmm. this apocalypse set upon by Hellboy. And it's the promise of – because the villains within that one, these dwarfish or elven type of woodland creatures yeah. or whatnot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, now they're attacking man because man is going to destroy them and right. whatever else. It's like, okay, that's interesting. Yeah. But I didn't really care about him, him and his sister. Yeah. There was still uh, Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro's imagination was allowed to roam in that movie that was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. All the side characters and some of the interesting action sequences and the fight and Hellboy in that bazaar, that market. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is crazy, interesting to watch. But the first one to bring in. Listen, Rasputin, <laughs> who's channeling another, like yeah. he's technically a beast from another dimension because that dude inhabited his soul yeah. a long time ago. And now Rasputin is actually a part of the collective of that other thing, I guess. Right. And he's channeling the heavens open up and the stakes are set up beautifully. Jeffrey Tambor and Perlman have such great interaction. They really do. They do. I wish they could have used it more, but I understand selectively yeah right uh but when they're like in the graveyard and he slings that dead body over him and the guy's kind of cursing him out for waking him back up from the dead <laughs> and tambor i don't know i just there, there's so many nice fun things that took a character i knew nothing of and yeah. instantly i was like wow you there's a rich universe here already yeah. Yeah. and to draw upon you know it's set on uh one in particular according to online called seat of destruction mm-hmm. i've never read it yeah uh but i was like oh that's interesting maybe i will because i found that story you know, pretty pretty captivating. Yeah. Especially for a comic book movie. Yeah. Agreed. But how often do you get Rasputin? Yeah. Getting involved. <laughs> There's that animated movie that was not a Disney that came out. Yeah. Like the late Anastasia. 80s. There you go. Yeah. One of the few animated th- of my childhood that I never saw. Yeah. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, I like that one. Good soundtrack, too. Kelsey Grammer. John well, Rasputin Cusack. is the villain. Isn't yeah. It? Rasputin is the villain. Yeah. Because of it's Anastasia. Mm-hmm. And Rasputin apparently in the villain. I think in the movie, if I remember correctly, I like uh, killed the royal family and was mad that Anastasia escaped. So as long as she didn't remember who she was, it was fine. But as soon as she came back, that meant that he, she would threaten all the riches that he got from uh, being in service of the emperor uh, or okay. yeah, the czar rather. And so if she came, he w- she would reclaim all the money that he had gotten because they had left him all the money when they died. So, uh, yeah, so it became a whole thing. John, But it's, it, Meg Ryan and John Cusack, very interesting people that I think you rarely so- heard again in animated films. So Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's an interesting combo. Yeah. I just don't know. I think part of their visage really helps sell their character. Yeah. Whereas um, other people – you know, instantly like, oh, yeah, that dude's got a great voice for her. Yeah. But especially with Meg Ryan, it's like the look of the – just the wholesomeness mm-hmm. in her mm-hmm. prime of she always just looked, you know, relatively sweet. Right. There's a reason that everybody's like, oh, Meg Ryan seems nice. <laughs> By and large. She seems nice. She does. <laughs> she, was, she was a monster like every other A-list Who actor. knows? Could be. Well, you, that ego-driven no matter who you are, yeah. you're, you you got to be a monster on some level. I guess so. Even, to some people. To yeah. some people. It, very rarely is there a Harry, uh, Henry Winkler. You know what yeah, I mean? Or, a or Tom, Tom Hanks. Hanks. Yeah, yeah, then yeah. everybody agrees, like, dude, that dude is so nice. Are you watching Barry? Uh, I've seen season one. I haven't started season two yet. Okay. Yeah, I started season – I watched it that night. Season one or two? Season two. The, oh, the, the, uh, but, dude, honestly, it was one of those shows you're like, just give me all ten fucking episodes. This idea that we have to – like, it's a binge culture now. I – Certain shows should be allowed to be binged, no matter where they're being streamed. With from. something like Barry, I'd say yes because yes, it took longer to get into the characters. Right, but I appreciate the 
uh, Game of Thrones because you have the anticipation. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, something like Barry is never going to have those stakes. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, give it to me once. But Stranger Things, that should be split up once a week. Oh, interesting. So we have time to go, oh, what does this mean and build up? Right. And, as opposed to, you know, right. where did Pam go? Can you imagine how much of a national discussion it would have been for a week? Yeah. It would have dominated pop culture for that's a, a solid point. week. Yeah, that's a good point. You're right about that. You're and right about that. nothing. So now instead of having 350 million people talking about it yeah. over seven days, you do 600 million over five. Right. And then it dies once the next massive. And just like, dude, you guys are good enough yeah. to dominate. There are very few shows. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Escape at Danamore, I appreciate for that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Counterpart's good once a week. Mm-hmm. Although I don't know about that show. Yeah, the J.K. Rowling one. Is that what you mean? Uh, no, counter in counterpart the one with um, uh, J.K. Simmons. Oh, I'm sorry, J.K. Simmons. That's what I meant. Sorry. Yeah, yeah I there watched was a J.K. Rowling detective show that I tried. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not good. I watched well, eight was... episodes of Counterpart. It's, it's it took a bit. It's interesting. I watched yeah. everything up until like the last couple episodes of the season because mm-hmm. we left town. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem is they're opening up so many questions. Yes, and I don't think they can pay off most of them. And you can tell it's a very small production. Yeah. So you probably shouldn't open up too many questions because it's just going to leave us frustrated. Don't go lost. Right. They're never going to go that far. Right. But it's a inter- great concept. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just Agreed. don't know if it pans out ultimately and it started to waver on my interest. Yeah. I'll go back to it eventually. Yeah. Um, all right. My number 10 was Scott Pilgrim for the word like we said. My number nine, probably maybe it's a punt. Road to Perdition. That is a punt. Yeah. Okay. Figured as much. Number eight, uh, uh, Akira. Aki or Akira. You said no animated. I said no animated? All right, fine. You texted me and said no, only did, live action. I did, And I was right. like, dude, I, I guess, haven't even looked yet, but sure. I guess I forgot. All right, let me put – hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, I think that counts. I'm going to put Kingsman there. Uh, okay, that was a tough cut that was yeah. on the side list. I like Kingsman a lot. Uh, I had cut it initially, but Kingsman is good. It was on my side list here. Thoroughly enjoyable film. The first one, the first one, right? The second one – you can have issues with it. But the first one, I enjoyed it. It's so new and different. Introducing us to uh, – to, um, uh, what's that actor's name? I forget his oh, name. Oh, uh, I want to say Ansel Elgort, but that's from Baby Driver. Yeah. Taron uh, Egerton. Taron Egerton, yeah. Because yeah. I get him mixed up with Edgerton. Oh, right. Joel Edgerton. Yeah, yeah. right. Taron Egerton, he is fantastic in this film. So is uh, Colin Firth and – Michael Caine and Samuel L. Jackson, and of course introduces Sofia Botella as well. Mm-hmm. So the concept of it is so cool. This guy who's like a loser or ending up to a possible loser life finds out that he could have this other life, but he has to like explore this more and c- overcome all these kinds of things to get there. Uh, and then you have Mark Strong helping him through it, and so. All of it just really worked so well in a way that surprised me very much. And it was an unusual graphic novel slash comic book movie. Yeah. Um, but it's one I go back to and watch over and over again because I, I'm a bit of an Anglophile. So it hits all the right buttons for me in, in that way. I think – well, my favorite part is the church scene. Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. That's yeah. the best part. That's lack of a better term, yeah. Um, well, for the pure – insanity of an action sequence yeah never seen anything like this yeah um otherwise it'd be like quicksilver where he's the one that's moving fast and everything else is in slow motion right and this is just chaos slowed down frame by frame so we can see it yep um it's kind of like the what they do in sherlock when they show you what sherlock is about to do oh right yeah, so yeah. it happens so quick this is just the we're still in the slow down version yeah. and the drama the chaos 
the second one, though, to me, was such an unfulfilling experience. Yeah. That now it's, it colors my perception of the That's first fair. One. That's fair. It tarnishes a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. Kind of matrixy. Okay. Just like, I still like you, but at the same time, I know, I don't know if I can trust you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If there's, there's a third, a third one, coming, one. There's two more coming. You can redeem yourself. There's a prequel and a third one coming. Yeah. Totally possible. I'm on board because the first one was like, this is fun. Yeah. I wish, I kind of like the old man, though. Uh, the the Colin Firth that aspect of oh, it oh yeah to see someone who's lived in this world I yeah. want to see that it's like I want to see you be out there and be James Bond right but right. with like more overt panache mm-hmm. like trying to sell this r- ridiculous like several row suits and yeah. yeah got an umbrella that deflects bullets and does all these other you know almost penguin esque stuff yeah it's like this is great <laughs> this is fun I like everything about this yeah. So maybe if the prequel they do that, like younger Colin Firth, I think it's what they're gonna do. Or they're gonna, or they're gonna. The rumors are jumping multiple uh, generations, oh, eras. Yeah, eras. Yeah, going back to like the early 1900s or something like that, where it was established, where the first Kingsmen were created. So, uh, and there's also a TV series that's coming. See, I, shit, I would love it. They just went back and did. So technically, then, are we saying this has been around since the the uh, Knights of King Arthur? Yeah. Well, maybe. So we could go back how many ever years that was speculated to have existed. Yeah. So now you could do something in the 1800s. You could right. do something in the Edwardian era and the yeah. Victoria era. Like, oh, this is interesting. What if the Kingsmen are hunting Jack the Ripper? Yeah. That's certainly possible. It's possible. Mm-hmm. If you keep or going. Or one of them becomes Jack the Ripper as an evil. Sure. Right? And sure. that's why he was never caught. Copyright top 10, 2019. Here we go. Copywriting an idea that's on right. an idea that is not ours. I think that's, that's legal. Right. I think that's fair. Yeah, we should make some money off of that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, why not? It worked for Transformers to go back to King Arthur, didn't it? No, I don't think it did. Maybe for Kingsman. It's so time. sad that they're saying in the next one they're going to bay it up a little. They are. I, to- the I said this. headline says that. Yeah, you can you can you can find me talking about this on our show, where I said everyone's loving this bumblebee and that's great. But if it doesn't make money, they're gonna go back to the well, bay of course thing. because the bay thing makes four and a half billion dollars. It's well, it, it needs to equal, yeah, if not exceed, yep. And that's a tall order because that thing is just a money making machine, right? It's kind of like okay, you need to like uh, the the new Fast and Furious movie that's coming out. Yeah, Hobbs and Shaw. If that's huge, that's a game changer for Hell Fast yeah. and Furious. Of course. Breathes new Diesel, life into the thing. Does Vin Diesel then look at that with glee or disdain? Well, he looks at his he'll look at his bank account with glee, he'll look at the rock with disdain. True. That's what I think it'll be. Yeah, because he wants the standalone movie. I can't believe that's a legitimate beef. Why not? It seems totally realistic. I just it's so weird. It was Vin's franchise and then yeah. they bring the rock in and the rock is Technically never done well at the box office outside of Jumanji and what, right. one other one. Everything else has been – critics don't care for it. They're not saying it's bad. They're just right. saying it's not good. And it does okay yeah. at the box office. Mm-hmm. And he keeps getting shot after shot. It's I think because we all go, that dude seems like a good guy. Yeah. Yep. Vin Diesel, I don't know a damn thing about you even though you've been in my life for since Saving Private Ryan. I don't hear good things. That's all I'll say. Okay. I don't hear good things. Um, all right. What's your number seven? Seven is, uh, get ready to say, punt. Sin City. Yes, that's a punt. Okay. What's your six? Uh, six is Snowpiercer. That's a punt. Is it? Yeah. Okay. I had a rewatch on that one recently because, I, because of a show we did. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's quality. Oh, I was it's just like, you know what? I know I've seen these others way more. Uh, number seven for me is Old Boy. That's a punt. Oh, okay. Number six is Edge of Tomorrow. 
That is a the requalification. Right. That is called a light novel in Japan. And in Wikipedia it says not to be confused with a graphic novel or a comic book, I believe. But Does it say novel. that? It says it right at the top in a notation I've never mm. seen before. Hmm. So if you look it up, because I was like, okay. oh, shit, man. That movie's awesome. Because it's, ma- it's a Japanese manga novel. It has manga art in it, but it's classified as... And I don't care. If yeah. you want to include it, I okay. am utterly happy. But that's why I struck it from <laughs> I was like, I don't, never even heard that term. What is uh, light novel? Yeah. So good for you. I'm not going to fight you on it. Uh, yeah, All You Need Is Kill is what it's based on. It's a Japanese science fiction light novel uh, with illustrations. There's illustrations in yeah. it. So click on light novel. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. where it says. Science fiction light novel. Oh, okay. And it's then- a style of Japanese novel primarily targeting high school and middle school students. Uh, not to be confused with visual novel or graphic novel. Oh, I see. But All I don't right. know what the distinction is. All right. It could just be a cultural distinction. So their graphic novels have to come from like a comic book, an established yeah. comic book house. And this, these could be independents plus those. <sighs> is there a story and is there illustrations? That to me counts as a graphic novel. But... Especially if it comes out in the same form. Yeah. Yeah. And there was a graphic novel adaptation released in North America in May of 2014, which is what the Doug Lyman based the uh, – oh, no, he didn't – yeah, I, I think I think that qualifies. I'm Damn fine it. with that. Okay. I just – because doing research and I was yeah. like, shit, that excludes that and just keep going. Right. Because there's you know 30 options here. Yeah. So There was a lot of options. I was surprised by that. There were. There's some just like, you know, that's a good movie. Uh, yeah, I want to include like, Some splitting the atom on this graphic novel only, you definitely make it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, Matt and I have talked about Edge of Tomorrow many, many times. You know how much we love that movie, Tom it's Cruise, awesome. Emily Blunt. There's, they're making a sequel. They should have already made it. Right. I agree. Um, that, well, there's one that didn't do well at the box office but is getting a sequel. But I think um, in, in the end, yeah. through people finding it, what needs to happen for Atomic Blonde mm-hmm. happened for Edge of Tomorrow. People kept talking about yeah. and then eventually more and more saw. Right. Because um, it's such a simple – idea but done so beautifully so yeah. well executed just yeah. the same scenes with bill Pol- or paxton over and over and over again reliving where he's got to give the same speech but have new reactions like it's good acting yeah and what is usually a throwaway kind of role not to say that any of that caliber actor would do a throwaway role right but it's something that just passes quickly in a movie uh it sets up other actions just like no man we got to live with this character and see it, it i don't know it was so well thought out yeah uh, and really interesting, and uh, this is one of the times where I think the ending works well. It they, does. They, they readjusted it after screen uh, or uh, testing screens. Yeah, and uh, audiences didn't resonate with the original. And after hearing about the original, like you know what, this one works though. Mm-hmm. Uh, I agree. It's really good. I just love it. I, I mean, Tom Cruise is basically playing a, a pro- probably some sort of public perception of actors and yeah. who he is. Yep. And shying away from any real work, doing anything of serious merit. You're only. Yeah. There's a quietly rebellious streak within Tom Cruise. TC? Yeah, I'm with TC. He's got – he's well aware of the perception of who he is. Mm-hmm. He's well aware of how people see him and he plays with it. Yeah, the whole jumping up and down the couch, like that whole Katie Holmes thing, I don't know what the fuck was going on during that time. That, that He was, you know, he was being argumentative about Scientology, all that. I don't know what was going on. But every, as meltdowns go, that's a pretty tame one. Exactly. So, you need to look at it in the context of dude has been famous now yeah. for coming up on 40 years. Yep. A few years from now, it'll be 40 years. Yep. That is crazy. But I don't know how you exist for that long and not have something like this. Right, right. Good point. You've, you've lived 
You are an apex predator amongst movie stars and mm-hmm. have been for 40 years. Yeah. That's that's unheard of. Exactly. Nobody does that. Nobody. Especially in the action world. Yes. Nobody does that. Stallone went away for two decades before he came back uh, recently. He was like it was he was he was straight to DVD all through the ni- most of the 90s and into the 2000s until Expendables brought exactly. him back and Creed brought him back. And plus every person that I've ever heard that has a story, whether it's uh, someone I know that mm. has happened to meet him or on podcasts or uh, whatever the case is, everyone yeah. said is he is genuinely one of the nicest guys I've ever met. Yeah. And you're like, really? It's just like, yeah, we do these fan events. Like I had a friend that went to a screening that he showed up to mm-hmm. and he stayed behind and took pictures with every single person that wanted to take pictures with him. Wow. Yeah. He was just like he devoted himself to shook every hand. Hey, yeah. nice to meet you. Boom. Just moving on. To, uh, this guy would have been a master politician. I'm sure. And it's not out of the realm possibility. I th- I think it is. Do you think the Scientology thing kind of? Well, that plus there's no way you've been famous this long and you don't have skeletons. Uh, true. There have been a lot of rumors about his personal life. So yeah. yeah. Maybe. We'll you s- live under a different microscope. It's true. In that regard. It's true. So people are willing to forgive certain things but not others. But like I said, like he, but he's always pushing the boundaries, man. Since the beginning. He didn't sit on his laurels with Top Gun. He does something like Born on the Fourth of July. Yeah, he could have been a pretty guy. Yeah. Uh, he does Vampire, Interview with the Vampire. Collateral is incredible. Uh, the stuff of Tropic Thunder is funny as hell. And so he's always reinventing and pushing the boundaries of his stuff. Edge of Tomorrow is making fun of his old roles he played in the 80s. Mm-hmm. The smiling, smirking guy that got away with it and could charm his way into whatever. And so he could uh, – and then he eventually learned the lesson of not to do that. This guy – Absolutely lived his whole life by this credo. Oh, yeah. And none of it is working. It served him well. Yeah, it served him well to this position. Yes. And now when it finally doesn't serve him well, he's in this insane fucking adventure or, 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 or yeah, sci-fi craziness where he is reliving this day over and over and over again trying to figure out how to survive. Well, I mean, it's fantastic. The invasion is here. So yeah. uh, uh, Brendan Gleeson is sitting there saying, no, you're going to the front because he's one of the few people that know. We have no answer for this. Yeah. The, yeah. What the lies we're spinning of we won this or whatever else, it's all a fallacy. Yeah. And you can see it's like he, is, he just doesn't care. He's like, I'm not going. You're going. Yeah. Because we need every available person alive to do something <laughs> Good, about this. Exactly. <laughs> it's just, But he doesn't have to say it. That's no, a, no. Once you see the movie as a whole and you go back and rewatch it a second time, you're like, yeah. man, I agree with Gleason. You, you got to yeah. get to the front. Yeah. You got to get to the front. Everybody needs to get to the front. Right. Just the reality of suddenly there's an alien invasion like that and there's nothing we can do. They no. have an answer for everything because they know the game plan. Yeah. Uh, That's AI. Don't get me started. All right. It could be. It could be. It, it, please. We're all dead soon. I just don't know how we set up a system where there's no safeguards that we can't override. You know what I mean? Where they would have control of everything and we would be able to shut up. There's no way we design. Matt Nost. We designed two computers that started talking to each other in a language they developed. The scientists freaked out and unplugged it because they didn't unplug them because they were afraid that they were sp- communicating with each other behind the human's back. But you already negated and supported my premise. They pulled the plug. Yeah, they did. The, but the, it, they pulled. So it's this so- time, next time, they'll be able to do it without being plugged in. And then we're really fucked. We're never going to give them direct access to the power grid. That would be mistake number one. You know there's always something. Some Somebody's going to fall in love with this thing of and course, give it everything. Of course. Whoever designs it is yeah. going to think this is amazing. This is yeah. The, yeah. the future of humanity. That's how – spoiler alert. Can I say something on Captain Marvel? 
Yeah, I, mean, I think you can now. It's been out for – it's yeah. made over a billion – I feel like if something's made over a billion dollars you haven't seen it, sorry. Okay. As soon as we're introduced to the Kree, if you didn't remember who they were, yeah. you knew they were evil because they're run by an AI. A that, cold, heartless, lifeless true. machine. So that's I was like, amazing. so there's the establishment of the villain. Yeah, yeah. When is that twist coming? Because yeah. there's no way that human beings would allow ourselves to give our humanity right. over. Just right. no. I'm not, you're not. I, free will, motherfucker. Yeah. It's you know? big. Yeah. Everybody loves it. Yeah, yeah, Everybody yeah. loves it. Once they get a taste of it, freedom's a good thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, all right, you're clearly the villain. <laughs> uh, so I just did AI. The, I, there are certain safeguards. She's like, you know what? Let's just make sure it always has to be plugged in. Yeah, Don't but someone's gonna have to... a, someone's gonna have a shape of water situation, fall in love with one of these things, and let it, and then it's gonna. Yes. That's what's gonna be. The... Yes, yes, yeah. th- that is going to. Happen. And it go male or female. I'm not judging either gender. It'll happen. It's totally gonna happen. Yeah, a hundred percent. Fucking hell. They're gonna make. Uh, we've already seen iterations of it. Uh, yeah, her. Well, her, but there have been other more graphic where, like, basically they have, like, a, a VR visual. Oh, oh. Maniac. Did you oh, yeah, that? Maniac. Yeah, where he's yeah. basically having sex with a sex machine, yes. but it just sits on his crotch, and he's got the visual. And to him, it's relatively real. He's yeah. experiencing a lot of this. Well, uh, 2049, the program. Yeah. Same thing. Same thing. Right, exactly. Totally going to happen. <sighs> oh, God. That's going to happen before the fish. <laughs> so Fair enough. All right, what's your number five, man? Uh, five is, I don't think it's going to be on your list. Okay. V for Vendetta. That is my number five. Oh, is it? Yes. For some reason, I was, I, I think you thought because I didn't like her accent, I didn't like the movie. And maybe there's a confusion Perhaps. there. Yeah. No, I love the movie, and I love the novel. I mean, the graphic novel. I, I, I collected those. Um, they're fantastic. Um, Ellen Moore. Yeah, I didn't know about it until the movie was coming out. Mm, interesting. Okay. Uh, I didn't know about graphic novels until I read Watchmen and mm-hmm. Sandman. Yeah, Sandman's great. Uh, and there was a couple others, but those are the two that stood out. Mm-hmm. Didn't even know they were a thing. And then it was like, dude, these have been out for a long time. <laughs> like, well, I was at that age. Because yeah, Watchmen came out like 87. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was eight years old mm-hmm. reading regular comic books. Right. And then by the time – Yeah, I, that shit's way too high for an yeah. eight-year-old. Yeah. And by the time I you, – you get to that in teenage years and basically uh, – by the time I got to like sixth grade, mm-hmm. I started slowly reading less and less comic books. Mm-hmm. So when I was full on teenager, I just wasn't in that culture anymore. Yeah. I was more into like 13, 14 baseball cards, mm-hmm. basketball cards, that type of stuff. It had moved on to a new obsession. <laughs> it was comics before that. Yeah. There's all kinds of different stuff. Uh, so I didn't know about you know this. I would have loved it yeah. to read it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, this comes out, what, I'm 19, 20 maybe when this comes out? It was 1990. So I'm maybe 20 when this comes out. Oh, the graphic novel? Yeah. So yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm tearing through this thing because it's about questioning society mm-hmm. and what we've been handed and structures and all that kind of jazz and conformism. Dude, and all of it is there. And the was, media lying to you. Exactly. Uh, Politicians lying to you. Yeah, how power can be corrupted mm-hmm. and covering up a scandal and all yeah. that. Uh, and it's still happening now. Yeah. We see it all the time, everywhere. I've gone yeah, through my phases of reading those types of authors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Of doing the Noam Chomsky, the just like, oh yeah, yeah, just okay. Oh, that's interesting. I never looked at the world through that prism. Mm-hmm. That really sucks. Yeah. <laughs> over and over, and I for I think about a year and a half, yeah. I read him, and then I read probably like seven or eight other different authors that rattled off mm-hmm. a couple books themselves, just to wow, this is really interesting. Just to give you a new perspective. Oh, sure, of course. Not a hundred percent saying I agree with all of it, right? It's just like oh, that's interesting. May perhaps it was that way, mm-hmm. uh, or the perception of it at least. But so V for Vendetta, see that wrapped up into an action movie that then has historical notes for the guy Fox as a reference back to former political dissension. Yep. 
uh, someone trying to blow up parliament and the fact that that's a celebrated day. Yeah. Uh, now to this day, Guy Fox Day. Yeah, I don't know how big a celebration is that. Do you? I think it is. Uh, Isn't it just an excuse to party at this point? I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, some people do have like sure marches and protests and do whatever, but yeah, and then everyone like has to say it because they memorized it. Uh, but yes, excuse to party. Sure, for now, I think. Do so. they all do it at a specific time? Oh, I don't know if it's what a specific. Is it? Just remember, time. remember the, the something fifth of, of November. The fifth of November. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like five oh five. They all yeah. go out. They yeah, all say it. Just start doing it. No idea. AM <laughs> and PM. Yeah. It's like a call to Mecca. And they have to get up and they do it and they go back to bed. Yeah. Um, it's why I like wearing the mask. I mean, because it, you know, I, there was no intention to behind the wearing the mask other than it's a cool looking mask and a cowboy hat. But as it got along with it, it was like, oh, it could represent the people. You know, that kind of thing, destroying the thing, being the heel. It was a lot of fun. So, but now I don't. I don't. Well, I, now I you're rarely a champion wear the mask. of. You know, a vanguard of the emblem of the shield. <laughs> Amazingly, guess. how you know, power corrupted you. That's right. You That's got a little right. taste once you got on the inside. You're like, these people aren't so bad. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> Edict from the outlaw out. <laughs> yeah, I don't wear the mask anymore. So it's it's moved on from there. <laughs> you don't bring it out? Did you nah. bring it out at free for all? Nope. Can you talk about free for all? Yeah, yeah. I can. Yeah, that came out already. Okay. Yeah. I thought yeah. so. I thought it came out, but I didn't know if it was still just people reacting to. Mm. Um, the event itself, like yeah. those that win, be like, trust me, this is going to be great. No, no, they Give dropped me. him last week. Okay, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, right. So, it's, but it's great. It's the film itself over on the, the progression of Natalie Portman from where she starts out as someone who's a corporate person and doing whatever to what she gets woken up to seeing. You know, we fall, we go on that journey ourselves sometimes in our lives. You know, no matter what side of the political spectrum you're on. Your proclivity to believe one side is lying to you when they're in power, of course, is is universal. Is universal. You know what I'm saying? It's just it's different people or different political parties, but the experience is universal. You know, a lot of people experience, that and they just go, "There's not much I can do about it. It's way above my head. I'm just gonna keep living my life and, and getting and paying my bills and my taxes and blah blah blah." Yeah. But you know, some people are woken up, and she's woken up in this way, and she does what she does is essentially take over V's. Uh, legacy to become this political terrorist to try to destroy the foundations of these lies yeah, that society was constructed truth. on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, I mean, great. you hope that someone always works in an altruistic fashion. Yeah, if they have that kind of, uh, I guess, drive, determination. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Please direct this in the right. It's like at the end of this. I enjoyed it, but at the same time, it's like, okay, what happens on their next crusade, their next campaign? Yeah, what do they take down next? What if it's something we all agree? Hey, this is actually a good thing. Right. Uh, Financial systems. Yeah, if they took down – that's the first thing I thought of. If they took yeah. down all credit because it's indebting too many people and we're living all beyond our means and it turns into, in essence, Ra's al Ghul. Sometimes you got to right. burn society down for it to build itself back up. It's like this character could easily do that. Yeah, yeah. So that's what scared me at the end of it. It's like, well, where does this go in the graphic novels? I never read it because I just mm-hmm. – I don't know. I'm not, I'm not going to dive in. Right. Um, at this late age. At this late – well, because I already have things that uh, – I'm captivated by like when Gabe yeah. was in town, I took him to like 10, 12 different comic book shops mm-hmm. around and I would peruse and whatnot. And sure. I picked up a few here and there that all looked really interesting. I could easily get hooked on. Yeah. Um, one, one that the fans would know because I can't remember some of them. It's like, oh, it was this really cool thing. It was like this. I don't know. I read yeah. like five pages. Yeah. But there was a Vader standalone where he's just hunting Jedi. And now with Into the Spider-Verse being a success, if Disney doesn't want to do a full dark movie mm-hmm. – animated they can get away with more risks like that yeah give me a standalone darth where he's now hunting jedi 
full on concealment oh, yeah, yeah. on camera because you could show the blood, the guts if sure. you wanted to because it's a cartoon. Yeah. So kids, it won't be as we don't have to worry about as much for kids. Right. It's like, dude, give me that. Yeah. Give me that. Plus the stakes are much lower. You don't have to put in a $350 million budget. Yeah. You could do whatever Spider-Verse cost, mm-hmm. which is probably a third of that. It's true. Uh, it's true. All right, that's your number. That's our number five. five. What's your number four? Four is punt from earlier, old boy. Okay. Uh, fantastic. Yeah, man. See it in the South Korean version. Yes. Do not see the Spike Lee version. No. First, you can see it afterwards. Don't see it first. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Um, I like it because it at least introduces people to the idea that there's a much superior version. Sure. Maybe you should seek that out. <laughs> Good point. Well, you know, on some level, it's. Spike trying to introduce people to this great movie. Mm-hmm. And this is his interpretation of, you know, the graphic novel. But it's more so it's like, man, this is really close to the movie itself, too. Yeah. A lot of the choices and whatnot. Yeah. And obviously, it doesn't, doesn't fucking matter. So see the Korean one. Uh, it's really dark. Yeah, it's dark. It's super dark. Spares no, spares no one and no expense. And uh, when the twist happens, you, you will lose your freaking mind. Yeah. You know, and, and maybe some of you will see it coming. But I didn't. No, me either the first time. Well, because we're decent human beings. And when you saw the twist, you're like, well, I didn't even think that that could be a twist. Or a movie would do that. And you're just like, oh, Jesus. Mm. I watched that thing at the Denver airport sitting at a charging station. And I just I had like four hours to kill between two flights. Yeah. And I downloaded it to my phone. It was for our show, for some list oh, coming up. Wow. Um, you know, because we plan out yeah, the topics in advance. So sometimes do. it's like, you know what? I got time now. That show in three weeks, there's numerous movies I need to watch for it. Right. Why don't I watch something now? And I was so glad there was nobody sitting around me because they couldn't follow along. It's my iPhone, you know? How big is that screen? Yeah. But I was so enraptured and yeah. like, oh, my God, dude. This turns bad for this guy so many times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To open in with that, you're in a weird prison. And he did some innocuous thing. It wasn't some massively large evil thing. Yeah. It was he just did it to the wrong person. Exactly. With an incredible sadistic streak for revenge. On this particular issue. Yeah, on this particular issue. Clearly, well, but because the the thing itself, I don't want to ruin, is run by another company, it looks like. Or like a uh, fucking subsidiary of the overall. It's like a standalone entity. Maybe there are other people doing the same thing here. But the fact that this dude knows that exists, has a room, can pay for it. Like those dudes fear him. There's a lot of interesting – yeah, you you just happen to cross the one dude. The one dude. You, were, so you, could, you could have a decent life. You just had this one moment where you thought you were king of the world, could do this thing, mm-hmm. and it, it fucked you. And then when, then when you think you'd be decent again. Yeah. Nope. Nope. Not at all. <laughs> it's brutal, man. It's such a good movie. So please see it in the, in the Korean. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, I've seen it voiceover, and I've seen the Spike Lee. Both are be- just – Yeah. The voiceover is worse. Though, oh, because oh, They never get that right. No. The, the – the emoting of the actors themselves mm-hmm. sell the intensity of these scenes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was my four. What do you got? A uh, pun from earlier for you, the Snowpiercer. Snowpiercer, rather. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really enjoy this one. Uh, went back and rewatched it. Got so much more out of it a second time. Enjoyed Chris Evans' performance, John Hurt, obviously Ed Harris, uh, Tilda Swinton. And, of course, what the message that it's saying. I think, you know, this... Now what's happening in our world, in our culture, our society, this film even carries more weight since the first time I watched it. And it's only been, what, a year or two since it came out? 
or maybe longer, three, maybe three, three. Yeah, yeah. I'd say so look how much is, four. look how much has happened over the last three years in our political landscape as a country and as a world, as a society, in our world globally. You get what this film could be an end result of our world, and it's a microcosm of our world, this idea that we're eating our own, this idea that we have to go and do these things and overcome these, these like, uh, 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 I don't know, guards or things in the dark. We have to overcome these things we can't even see mm -hmm. in order to get to the real thing. And then once you get to the real thing, was it worth the whole, everything you sacrificed for it? Oh, of course. Who knows? And so it's just, it's just incredible how it's done and the way it's, and it, the dude from Old Boys in it as well. So, yeah, uh, he, yeah. Uh, he, he's the dad of that girl, so it's it's, it's yeah, great it's, stuff. Social Darwinism. Yeah, it's there are classes of people. Mm -hmm. There's a strata to society. There needs to be a pecking order. Right. Order is something we actually technically crave. Uh, it's like Loki's speech yeah. in Avengers. Like I know what you want. Bow. Yeah. You want someone strong to tell you what to do, and and Harris is kind of saying that. Yeah. This, this order keeps us going. Yeah. It gives us a sense of purpose. And drive and determination. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's crazy in this post-apocalyptic, man-made climate change. Mm -hmm. The world has been destroyed. Then uh, there's hope that springs because hope springs eternally. Always. It's know. yeah. It's it's a you know it's a powerful movie. And how it wants to and like even the whole section with Tilda Swinton is really the section that's incredibly powerful for me now watching it the second time because here they are teaching these children about things. That are happening on the surface, but not teaching them about what's really happening in the world. So they walk out into the world with this privileged, uh, simplistic view of it so that when they're confronted with the reality of it, they think it's a lie. Not their world. The reality is the lie. Yeah. And that's, that's, that works on so many levels. When you look at that, you're like, oh, yeah, people will just listen to whatever they're told and whatever they adhere to. So long and, as you indoctrinate them young enough. Exactly. And if you start to mess with their indoctrination, like The Matrix, a lot of people don't want to take that pill. They want to keep tasting that steak even though they know they're not really eating steak. Uh, and that's that was what worked so well for me with Snowpiercer watching it this time. It just resonated with me a lot more than the first. Because the first time I was like, I don't, I don't, I, I, just, I know I saw a good movie. I don't know if I connected to it. Okay. And this time, really connected to it. The only reason it was at six for me is mm. rewatchability. Mm -hmm. I know the ones above it. I will see more. Oh, that's fair. Old boys close. I was kind of yeah. That's a lot to put yourself it through. is. It is. Uh, in Snowpiercer, <laughs> I've seen Snowpiercer twice. Okay. But it stuck with me. Mm -hmm. It's a good movie. I know I will see it again, and I'll yeah. probably, you know, who knows how often, but I will definitely see it again. Yeah. Uh, but it's just like, a, yeah, V for Vendetta, I've already seen a bunch of times. Yeah, and yeah, I know yeah. I will keep seeing. Old Boy, I think I'm more drawn to that because it's so different from all the others. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's fucking, it's brutal. Brutal. All right, was number three? Three is American Splendor. Oh, yeah. I don't know, man. I just don't like that movie. Really? Yeah, it's not my jam. Oh, I, I love get the, I get why people like it. I do. I, it's just not my jam. It was just so, I don't know, unique. I remember mm. vaguely hearing about Harvey on Letterman. Right. I was too young to stay up and watch it. Mm -hmm. But he was like, those were such big discussions. Yeah. That it it trickled down to me and hearing the name every once and again. It's kind of like uh, Chris Elliott on the, uh, Letterman. Mm, yeah, right. I didn't really know him until he had his own show, Get a Life. Right. I kind of knew he was on Letterman, but I couldn't stay up till 1130 to watch late night TV. Actually, he was on at 1230 yeah. when that was on. It's just like, no chance in hell. Yeah. Uh, 
So it, it, it's a guy uh, akin to that. Um, so I kind of had an understanding then going to him was like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. and just got sucked right in. And afterwards when they show the footage of the individual and the actor. Yeah. So like, I thought that was a beautiful little bridge between reality and what they pulled off. Yeah. And for what is just a small story about a man mm-hmm. made it so captivating for his, his mundane as he thought his life was. It was rather interesting. Yeah. And that's kind of, you know, it's not the easiest thing to do. And I can't imagine Giamatti having to talk with that gravelly tone mm-hmm. the whole time. And Judith Friedlander was flat out of mate. Harvey just I was mimicking that for a while afterwards because <laughs> it was distinct. And then they show that dude. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, yeah, he was on MTV promos. I remember that guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's okay. I know him. Yeah. Uh, it was just, it was really super interesting. This guy was driving the cat, oh, the car all the time, right? Well, there was the dude from what, the Coven? They did oh, a bunch of right. MTV stuff. He might have been in the car. I don't remember. Yeah. I just remember seeing that dude. I was like, oh, yeah, I remember seeing that guy on MTV promos. Oh, I right. Think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was early MTV, like 86 ish. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. But it was. Hope you know, Davis plays the yes, wife, right? Yeah. I believe you're right. Yeah. But to unearth something. A name, a resurrected from my past. Mm-hmm. It's like it and, and, and bring me this, you know, fully fleshed out three dimensional story yeah. that I could identify with. Uh, I've, you know, it's always stuck with me since then. Mm-hmm. So it's like when we were making this. I remember when it came out. That was one of the first ones because I just assumed all graphic novels were comic books where they took it, took a character and spun it into here's a one off interesting take on this guy. Yeah, yeah. And oh, you can do kind of biopics. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> It can make it work. Okay. Just I I don't live in that world, so the possibilities of it escaped yeah. me. I've never sat down to think about it. You're yeah. like, oh that's interesting. What else what else do you guys doing over there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh all right. Yeah, so that's your number three. That's my three. What do you got? Uh Spawn from Earlier, Sin City. Okay. Yeah, I love that movie, man. Because I love the graphic novel, like two pieces. Haven't read it. Oh really? None of these? No. Fuck man. And I've seen I will bring once. you a stack. I know you probably won't, but I would bring you a stack if you ever wanted to read them because this is the one thing besides Dark Knight Returns and besides Watchmen that I will push people on is Sin City. It's to me, it's the perfect thing. It's a noir. It's not a lot of words. It's very visual, um, but it's still very dark and powerful in the stories it tells within it. But it's very noir, okay. and so if you're into noir, it's it's totally up your alley in that way. And I never thought a that it would ever become a film. Even though in my mind it's such a visual graphic novel that logically it should become a film. Mm-hmm. But when I heard it was Robert Rodriguez and Tarantino, I was a little concerned because Rodriguez, he had done, uh, you know. You uh, Dust Till Dawn. Yeah, Dust Till Dawn and Mariachi. And mariachi. I'm saying the, the co-desperado. Production between the two. Right. It, it, didn't, it didn't tell me that it was they were going to do this incredible adaptation with these fantastic actors, with great cinematography, incredible direction, new technology. I just didn't think they were going to be able to do it. Yeah. And when I saw it, I, my mouth was just open the whole time because it was, my God, they brought it to life. And they brought it to life in a way that doesn't feel like there's traced the panels. They actually fucking brought it to life. And I couldn't believe how much I loved it. And uh, Mickey Rourke is fantastic as uh, as Marv. And, uh, of course, uh, you know, Alba does her thing. Um, but a number of other people throughout the film, Elijah Wood. Yeah, Elijah Wood. Uh, Rucker Hauer. So good. Uh, Bruce Willis. Yes, Bruce Willis. Right. Uh, Michael Madsen. Yes, Michael Madsen. Uh, who is the dude who was the – so uh, Booth, Powers Booth. Yes, Powers Booth. And Nick Stahl. Son. There you go. Nick Stahl, I'm trying yeah. to think of the 
you know, the yellow. Dude. Yeah, the yellow bastard. Uh, yeah, later so on. that's the thing. They mixed a bunch of stories into one, and they made it work because they're all separate graphics. Like Yellow Bastard is separate, mm-hmm. and so a couple of these others are separate. And they found a way to weave them all in. The Owen Owen, uh, uh, what's his face, Clive Owen yeah. sequence. That's a whole separate graphic novel. So it's incredible what they were to do. Turn like a series of stories, and so for that alone, the rewatchability factor for this is off the charts. Okay, maybe I, I need to see it again. It's been a while. Yeah, I wish they released a 4K version, man, so I could really enjoy it, like clean and crisp. It's so fucking good. Uh, all right, what's your number two? Two is the punt from earlier, Road to Perdition. Oh wow, two! Woo, Nost. Well, I mean, just I for God, we punted on that one. Damn. All right. What was that in American Splendor? Because they, you took. Something and turn it into Oscar caliber yeah. film. Yep. And something that was a little bit ridiculed when it was first announced. Tom Hanks as a hitman? Give me a break. Yeah. And yet it works. Paul Newman. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Craig. Yeah, early Daniel Craig. Mm-hmm. Don't even realize it's him kind yeah. of thing. You're like, oh, shit, that was Daniel Craig later right, on. Right. And uh, I don't know, just – I mean, Mendez shot this really beautiful yet creepy and sad world all simultaneously like Jude yeah. Law every time he comes in he's oh yeah oh dude he's unsettling he is and he looks pretty much like himself but yeah. he just is bringing to life this disgusting little man yeah that feasts on the carcass of society it's so gross yeah um but to see something as graphic novel and and you get Guys at these caliber to sign on and turn out a product that is lush, that is beautiful, mm-hmm. that is alive. Uh, it's f- a fantastic to me. So, I mean, for how many comic books have been nominated for an Oscar? You know what I mean? Yeah. One. 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 Their actors have won and whatnot. Yeah. And, uh, you know, but Perdition and other movies, American Splendor, when I show you, mm-hmm. you can get, you can take source material. It doesn't matter where it comes from so long as the story is good. Yeah. And you can bring together – you can get the best top tier, tier uh, or type top flight talent, if mm-hmm. I can say anything right to this second, uh, and get them to sign on to do this. Like, man, the possibilities. And we've talked about the movie. It's come up mm-hmm. you know, on organized crime, on yeah, Tom yeah. Hanks movies, yeah. on – doesn't matter. It's coming up. We find a way to shoehorn this movie in somehow. It's a good movie. Time. It's a great movie. It's a good movie. The only reason I put it at nine is because all these other films just seem to kind of capture the vibe of a graphic novel a little more. Okay. And like you said, the rewatchability factor gets involved here. Um, Road is such a beautiful film to watch. Mendes has sent such mm-hmm. a fantastic job with this film. So, yeah, it's a, it, it deserves to be. Um, the shot in the rain. Oh, yeah. Just Silence. gorgeous. Just gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. Well, and the shot of um, Clive Owen when he's – when you see him – I mean, not uh, – Jude Law, the first time you see him after the glasses shattered, and, like all the scars in his face, you're just like, oh my God. Yeah. The attention to detail to do that, you know, just so brilliant. And the way it all ends, the way it all ends, when you see a reflection in the, in the window mm-hmm. and how it all goes down, uh, is so sad and yet kind of uplifting at the end. It, well, for a guy like Mike, which yeah. I believe that's who Tom Hanks' character, I believe his name is yeah. Mike, Mike Sullivan. Mike Sullivan. Um, or is that the dude from Monsters Inc.? You know that's, what I mean? uh, that's Sully. That's Sully, yeah. Uh, for His first name could be Mike. We have no idea. It could be an homage. Maybe you're right. Uh, anyway. Michael P. Sullivan, maybe? Okay. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> that's kind of the idealized version of how he feels he should go out. Yeah, yeah. On a beach. It's a gorgeous day. He's with his son. It's a happy moment as yeah. opposed to all the terrible things that he's done being part of Chicago's crime syndicate. Yeah, yeah. 
He, I mean, he is the best of a terrible world mm-hmm. as far as we've seen. Yep. I don't know that you should get a happy send off. Yeah. Uh, no, you don't. Yeah. You don't. You, in the world of the film, you have killed. You have dis- you have, uh, exactly. You're not a good person. You're, you're not a good person. You're better than right. numerous individuals sure. within this world. Sure, but you're not a good person. And what's allowing you to survive is these instincts you've honed when you were not a good person, and the fact that you're trying to save your family, your son. Right. 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 That is the problem where we can all identify with that, and that's an altruistic reason. Mm-hmm. It's also why Paul Newman has to do what he does. Right. Um, and apparently, there's two other. Installments in this graphic novel series where the kid grows up uh, through high school and college and then the kid gets drafted to Vietnam and comes back from Vietnam and gets involved in the family business of crime that his grandfather and his father are into. So, I bet you we could find two Sinatra songs <laughs> to be the theme of that. Yes. Not I'm a problem. I'm Not done a problem. with that. Yeah, I'm done with that. Uh, Vietnam. Well, yeah. And the other one was so he's a the kid, the kid of vengeance or something like that. <laughs> the kid is back in town. <laughs> Look out, scram, fellas! <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> hey, he's here to get you. Boom! All right. <laughs> uh, all right. So what do you got? It too. Uh, Watchmen. The director's cut. Yeah, that's the director's cut. Oh sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the only one to include. The uh, the other cut is irrelevant to me. It, it never happened. Never existed. Uh, it shouldn't ever. They should destroy it and burn that whole uh, version of it because the director's cut is incredible. Incredible. Uh, it has grown in my estimation so much over the last couple of years. I watch it over and over and over again um, for the performances, for the comment on society. Which is so insanely relevant now again, and everything that goes on between the characters and the ugliness of life. Life is not black and white. Life is not good versus evil. Life is a lot of fucking gray, and someone who is evil 10 years ago doing something later on in life can possibly uh, go on his own or her own journey and discover Whatever they need to discover, oh, you may not like it, but that's the reality of life. And throughout the whole movie, so many of these characters are in their own morally compromised situations either currently or have done before. And you have to watch along and see like how much of that resonates with you and who are you to judge them Mm -hmm. when what they're doing you might have done in your life or you might have had a moment or uh, an experience comparable to that and i don't mean what the comedian does obviously i yeah. just mean more like what happens with the night owl and with silk specter and with dr manhattan and all of that and then sally jupiter all the things that, are, that the dirty stuff that people do to survive mm-hmm. you know like sally jupiter got with that guy as her superhero years were ending and that guy is mad that she still wants to be the center of attention and it frustrates him because he wants her to be a stay-at-home wife and so okay that happens you know but she married him out of convenience to move into the this other sector and finding finding security. Mm-hmm. All right, what does that mean? So there's so much to explore here in those relationships uh, that I thoroughly love. And the comedian who is a massive dick at the end, he's the guy that uh, is uh, weeping at when he discovers how the uh, the constructs of his society were a lie the whole time, and he dang he can't deal with it. He can't of all people. The most sarcastic, evil son of a bitch can't deal with the fact that his own society is bullshit. It's incredible. Uh, yeah, you know, 
The movie's okay. <laughs> the graphic novel is excellent. The graphic novel's phenomenal, man. Uh, the fact that they even tried to stage this is pretty impressive. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it's got some amazing scenes in it. Sure. The bringing Rorschach to life. Yeah. It was fantastic. Him in, in Manhattan. Seeing yeah. those two on you know, the big screen is like, holy, this is impressive. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Uh, just wanting it to be as good as the graphic novel the whole time. Yeah. And like, eh, at the end of like, God, man, you took something that was st- – Pitch perfect. Yeah. Which is really difficult to do when you're tackling a subject this large, mm-hmm. this many different storylines, complexities, and individuals. Yeah. And you pulled it off, and then to see the. And I don't fault Snyder. Mm-hmm. Like, there are other movies that he does, and he's like, God damn, man. You know, yep. it's like, what, what is this shit? Yeah, a punch. Watchmen, I could tell you're definitely a fan of this, and you did your best to translate a massive subject yeah. into this. Unfortunately, you couldn't do Lord of the Rings and split it into three. Yeah. You couldn't like allow – I'm not saying to split this into three, but you didn't have the, the amount of overall like uh, material and whatnot to really get into this and yeah. all the interplay between the individuals. It was, it was good. I yeah. just wanted it to be so much better. Agreed. Agreed. I agree. I, 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 I get your point of view, but that's what I mean when I say I agree. I, a lot of people feel that way too. Uh, all right. What's, uh, what's your number one? It's clearly red, right? <laughs> Is that your number one? No. I didn't know that was a graphic novel until I started making lists. <laughs> yeah, like reading out, surprised find by the that. Wikipedia article. What, what red? <laughs> really? It's weird. Uh, the Dark Knight. That is a standalone graphic novel. The Dark Knight Returns is. Well, I'm taking the one movie. Do you want to fight me on this? Wow. Yeah, because it's not a graphic novel. Well, neither is Hellboy. Hellboy took aspects of this and then turned it <laughs> yeah, into. Yeah, but The Dark Knight Returns has nothing to do with The Dark Knight. I mean, the Joker's in it, but it's nothing. This is an older Batman. I guess it's true because you're setting yeah. up, and I che- I'm just cherry picking. Yeah. All right. All what right. do you want? Do you want to pick another one, or you want to? Um. Yeah, because I was just like, yeah, no, I love. I've read that. I, you know, right. Watched the, but I was like, yeah, technically, you're right. They just took themes mm-hmm. from. They just not really a direct homage. There's more aspects in Batman vs Superman from Dark Knight Returns than there are in Dark Knight. Yeah, and you could even say uh, uh, the Dark Knight Returns itself. Yes, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, I'm saying the third movie of the Chris Nolan. Oh, the Bane stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, it, just in that, it's kind of like. The, the underground character that has the mobs and whatnot. Right. And it's akin to that because he's helping the people rise the up mutants, against... So the mutants, right? Yeah, the, yeah. The, when Batman has to put martial law in. Yeah. All right, you're right. I was like, you know what? It's inspired by that. I just wrote it down. It's literally mm. the second one that I wrote down because when you said graphic novel, I was like, well, The Dark Knight Returns, but I'll put The Dark Knight down. Yeah. Uh, just in my head thinking, but they're not synonymous. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, sometimes you make mistakes. Hey, man. Just heard that it's the number one. You've called me out on a couple. Hey, I, dro- I had to drop my number one last week. Well, see, here's where I, if I was Roca, I'd be like, well, I was magnanimous enough <laughs> to take it off my list. So where I just, just tell you what, I need to plug the computer in, the power in. So why don't you look at your list and see if you want to put a number one or rearrange it or slide another one lower down, whatever you want to do. I'll be right back in two minutes. Sure. No problem. Two minutes? It could take you two minutes to walk to your desk, which is 10 feet away? Yeah. At this pace, I'm yeah. Dear God. It took 35 seconds for him to stand up. He had to brace himself on his two knees with the, his palms and then push up using – it looks like it's been a long day for John. Uh, I think he wants to get out of here, but at the same time, he gives. He bleeds for this just like I do. We're here for the people. 
We had basically like a 45-minute meeting before this show started. We're recording at night. But we had to bang out some stuff for the people, like logistics for uh, the Chicago show that's two days from now. Hit up, get your tickets at Reggie'sLive.com uh, about the the potential up, uh, upcoming cities in Toronto, uh, Houston slash San Antonio, or New York. Hypothetically, San Diego as well. We're working on all four, but the other three are the primary options as of right now because those people have already reached out. Hey, oh. Uh, so, yeah, that didn't take two minutes. No, no. Um, but yeah, we just sat down. We talked about all kinds of stuff, upcoming shows, yeah. different ideas for Patreon. We're here working for you guys overtime, uh, and that is it. Um, mm-hmm. I'm I'm fine with just keeping my list. Is it's nine? It doesn't matter. Uh, you Where? took off. If we really want to just cherry pick one, let's see. I will say we'll slot. Well, you'd move it up to number one, Road to Perdition, right? Yeah, that bumps up to my number one. Okay, so what would you want to slide in there? Well, you could say Kick Ass. Where do you want to put that? You could say, well, Watchmen was on my side. Let's just do Watchmen. Okay. And I'll, I'll just drop it uh, so everything moves up and that just becomes 10. Okay, perfect. All right, so it's your turn to bang this week. Okay. Bangarang. Your turn to write? Yeah, so okay. where do you have perdition? Uh, number nine. Wait, we didn't even talk about my number one. We didn't. No, we didn't. I just started writing down numbers on a pad. Too late. Numbers are on this pad. <laughs> What's your number one? 300. Okay. Yeah. Yes. I, I fucking love that movie. I mean, it's got a lot of style. It does. It's got a tremendous amount of the cinematography, the mm-hmm. shots, the... The acting. The acting. I, but for some reason, it's like, it's history porn. It's... <laughs> It should be everything I love. Yeah. But it, like with all the six-pack abs and stuff, it it's takes, great. the style overtakes the substance for me at some point. What? And I want more of the substance just because I love history so much. Right, right, right. So this is a really interesting story. If you're going to go back and tell it and to mm-hmm. see this, I don't know, this basically like kind of uh, romance novel, gay mm-hmm. romance novel on whoa, some level. Whoa, 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 Come on. Between uh, Leonidas and uh, – He has Lena Headley. What are you talking about? He's his wife. He has his wife. He makes love to his wife before they go out on to the, Now, there's anything wrong if he was gay. And the Greeks, certainly the Greeks, were oh, gay. Oh, yes. Yeah. And so it's not a problem. Totally. Yeah. Uh, no, for me, it's more, it's, to, to me, it's, okay, if we're doing a list of graphic novels into feature films, this is a- it's The most graphic. Yes. And, and the most successful in its transferring and evoking the graphic novel, this side of Sin City. Okay. And it does it because if you've read that 300 – and by the way, it's a weird graphic novel because the the book is very long in terms of its length of the hardcover of the book is a long – it's not a normal size of a hardcover book. So you, when you get it, you have to read it and you have to flip these large pages over as you're reading it. And that in, in essence lends itself to a visual medium in terms of a film, you know, a widescreen or a – uh, a Technicolor screen, or what do they call it? What they used to call those things, the seventy millimeter screen. That's what it feels like when you're reading the graphic novel. So to see what they did to bring it to life, pretty incredible job by Zack Snyder to bring that movie to life. It's one of my favorite favorite films, bar none. Uh, and the performances: Jar Butler, Lena Headey, uh, Dominic West in this thing. So many people involved in it. It's just incredible. Uh, and I love it, and I go back to it all the time, and it's so much fun. And the music, the score is incredible. The slow motion battle shots, which I don't always like in movies, slow motion battle shots yeah. really work in this movie. And the progression of these men as they slowly understand 
that this is a fight that they know they will never win. But God damn it, they're going to have a fucking great time it until it's over. That's why it makes for I mean, I a get great your history. Story. Yeah, I get your history porn of it, but yeah, I'd still love it. Oh, it's just when it's Leonidas and Xerxes. Yeah. You're telling me there's not some like sexual chemistry that's that's percolating up between those two? No. What are you oh, talking yeah. about? Oh, yeah. Well, Xerxes is trying. I, I we'll throw that out. I don't know if Leonidas is reciprocating or not. <laughs> Other people can tell me that. I okay. don't know. But Xerxes is definitely I, – I think it's more so just I am the master of everything and I will dominate you like I dominate the land right. and the culture and right. the – I mean – Xerxes was by rights God on earth. Yes. He had more power than any other, you know, the 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 breadth of his territory was unheralded yeah. at the time. Right. And the, the idea of 300 mm-hmm. of these guys stood up to in like the overtopness of the lines like you know, then we'll fight in the shade. Yeah. yeah great yeah. line. Great Michael Fassbender. Great great line. Yeah. Great stuff. And the kicking the dude into the well. Yeah, I love awesome, that. Awesome stuff. Sparta it is, and it, it lived on in the, the cultural mm-hmm. kind of lexicon. still does. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it was just like a, yeah, but they, I mean, I didn't read the graphic novel. To say yeah. that it's oh, the okay. most graphic of graphic novels, yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. That and whole I, wolf thing is completely out of the graphic yeah, novel. Yeah, and I, I like your using that as an influencer because mm-hmm. I didn't do it as much. And you're like, mm-hmm. you know what, you're right, though, because – because I didn't read these, I don't have a full understanding of everything that, that world, the connotation. Yeah, yeah, understood. I can I can manufacture it in my head and be right, like, oh, right. I think it's like these things. And I've read a handful. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, it, that makes a lot of sense. It's just I always found it entertaining, but I'm watching it. I'm just like, man, I wish they'd made like a serious version of it. Oh, this. yeah, right. But then it wouldn't be the graphic novel. True. Right. It wouldn't be what it's it's based on. Yeah. So it's violating the, the entire point of being. Yeah. I just, you know. <laughs> Wanted something different. That's I all. Get, I get it. Uh, all right. Now we can put this list together. Um, all right. Well, so it's 2-9 versus – Watchmen was your 2? Watchmen was a 2. So it's 2-9 versus 2-10. So do we want to go oh. per- Perdition Watchmen? I guess Perdition Watchmen is fine. And then could I get 300 or, or you, do you need to put – Do we have – That's my number one. Uh, we have Snowpiercer at four. Four, six. Where do you have Old Boy? Uh, seven. I would probably say then Snowpiercer, Old Boy, 300. Snowpiercer, Old Boy, 300. Okay. All right. Oh, because of commonality. Yeah. we have. They're fairly high on the list mm-hmm. for the commonality. Mm-hmm. If it was like what we're doing with Perdition and Watchmen, yeah, I'd yeah, like, well, yeah. 300 probably slots higher than because that's worth more to me. Right. Um, so okay. I got American Splendor now at my two. Okay. Do you push you? What, what do we have to six? We're on number six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Where do you uh, V for Vendetta? V for Vendetta is my number five. Yeah, so that should probably be six. Okay. Can I have a Splendor at seven? That's my two. Yeah, I guess we have Old Boy still to do, right? No, we already got it. Okay, okay, cool. All right, what's your next highs? Sin City at number three. Okay, that's my seven, so we'll okay. do that there. Uh, Where are we at now? Technically, that's, yeah. Uh, number nine. Okay. What's your highest left? Edge of Tomorrow. That's a six, sorry, number six. Oh, no, you got rid of that and put on Kingsman. No, I got rid of Akira and put oh, on that's Kingsman. Right, right, right. right. Oh, yeah, but, I told you. But okay. under the rules of the game, I can remove Edge of Tomorrow 
It does put up Kingsman there at number eight. Well, we'd have to put Pilgrim next. Yeah, we do have to put Scott Pilgrim, yeah. So your what is what what do you have left? I'm sorry. Kingsman. That's my number eight. All right, I got Hellboy at eight. How do you want to decide this? The final spot. I don't know. I feel like you got your number one with perdition. Well, my number one dropped to number five. Seems pretty unfair. I accepted the DOS. You accepted the loss. Accepted the you loss. were complicit in it. There was no acceptance. Whoa! Oh! Whoa! You, you constructed this, strong. It's not. There is no collusion. How about if we put Edge of Tomorrow at ten? How about I that? I didn't move unilaterally. Got no problem with that. Okay, we both like that film. Boom! All right, let's do this thing. Just warm it up a little bit. Okay. The top ten films based on a graphic novel. Yeah. At number 10, Edge of Tomorrow. At number 9, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. At number 8, Sin City. At number 7, American Splendor. At number 6, V for Vendetta. At number 5, 300. At number 4, Old Boy. At number 3, Snowpiercer. At number 2, uh, The Watchmen. And our number one film based on a graphic novel is Road to Perdition. Road to Perdition. Well, well, well. Uh, good list. A lot of great movies. If you haven't seen them, definitely revisit them or see them for the first time. And hey, maybe even read the graphic novel. Uh, yeah. And, you know, um, don't put on a movie on your list that's technically not based on a graphic novel. It just shares the title and you uh, lazily didn't <laughs> notice until someone pointed it out. Sometimes you can't see the forest for the trees, guys. Hey, man. Uh, we do enough of these shows where we both uh, split uh, yeah, I went that through mistake. And nitpicked. I thought I, I searched to see if Dread was based on technically oh, yeah, a standalone yeah, yeah. graphic novel. Mm-hmm. And I was like, nah, it's part of the overall series. It is. Even if they did standalones thereafter, they can't even point to. Right. What, like for Hellboy, it's like, no, it's based on Seeds of Destruction. They changed it, but that's where they took the idea for it. Yeah. I did it for other fucking the light novel shit. I looked up others. I didn't even once question. I just wrote down Dark Knight. <laughs> That'll be my number one. That's easy. That's easy enough. Yeah, I was like, I was so proud of myself. It's like, ding, up, oh, yeah, done. <laughs> uh, uh, okay. Yeah, so um, that is it. Uh, you know, for this week, Reggie's, if you, once again, if you want to see us live, there's only a handful of tickets left right now. Yeah. Go to Reggie'sLive.com. We're doing two shows that night at 7 and 10 o'clock. Uh, the you know doors open at six thirty and nine thirty respectively, mm-hmm. and uh, we got uh, we'll have t shirts for sale there. Yep, and uh, we can't wait to meet all of you guys. Have, you know, hang out, get to meet all of you, just like we did with uh, London, and hung out with the people here in LA. Mm-hmm. We're here for the people. We're yeah. here to hang out. And thanks to um, all the people, like uh, you know, now that we've gone solo, we've had so many people reach out to try and help us to 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 do all various different stuff for us. Our thanks to. Uh, Christos Alexakos, Kristen Smith, yeah. Matt Hasso, uh, Joe Abara, Clay Williams, and so many other people that have that have reached out specifically, say, "Hey, I can do this for you. I'd like to do that." And um, if we take you up on those offers, uh, yeah, we appreciate it in advance. Um, but uh, it's yeah. awesome. So many people different uh, reached out with different ideas, and, yeah. and there's a master post on Facebook about the. Uh, Potential ideas for T-shirts, keep throwing them out. Mm-hmm. Some people are doing pop culture references to tie-in. Others are taking moments from the shows. Uh, one just put one up that I was like, oh, this is this is great. I don't know how we tie it into the show. Mm. Even though we talk about it, we both like Point Break. But there's a, they posted a shot of Keanu and Patrick Swayze. And if we lined it up, 
you know, you be Keanu right here. It's the like the last scene. <laughs> Miss Swayze with it's almost akin to me in my head of me with Tom Hanks's hair ish. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like the ridiculousness of it. It's like I don't know. We got to come up with a catchphrase or something that ties in with this. I have no idea, but I love it. Keep going. Something awesome is going to come out of that. Oh yeah, um, absolutely. So, yeah, hit us up uh, there. Uh, you know, um, oh, shoot. I think that was that's it for right now. If, yeah. if you can leave us a review on iTunes, yes, and a rating, really please, important, or wherever you get podcasts, yes. it helps us across all spectrums. The reason we climbed so high is because we already had a bunch of ratings, yep. and if we did the same downloads we did last night with even more ratings, we easily cracked that top fifty. Yeah, and then they just keep building and building. Our goal is to get the top ten in the top ten. Yeah, and within ten weeks, let's go the top ten in the top ten within ten weeks. Come on. Starting right now. This is Make the official happen. call to arms. Let's do yeah. this. Keep retweeting, liking the tweets, sharing it on Facebook, uh, creating discussions in the, the, the page. It's all fantastic to read. Yeah. And uh, we wouldn't be here without you. Our thanks goes out to you. We will see you in Chicago. You can follow me online at Matt Nost. And uh, that is it for me. Yeah, you can follow me at The Roca Says on Twitter and on Instagram, echoing everything Matt said. Don't forget about our Patreon. Did you already do the Patreon? Do it again. Yeah, www.patreon.com slash the top 10. Don't forget, multiple tiers there. Help us to stay alive and support us to keep doing more and more of these live shows as we grow as a podcast. Trust me. Big things are happening now. We're not constrained by anything else anymore. Now we can start going at other, going for and uh, going after other things to help the show get even bigger and bigger. But none of us, neither of us, will forget any of you all who have been here from the beginning. You guys are the heart and soul, the blood of this podcast, and we couldn't do anything without you guys. And all of you come to see us. It means the world. So as Matt said, I'm looking forward to it as well, to seeing you all in Chicago. It's going to be a lot of fun. A whirlwind of a trip, but it'll be worth it to do this yeah. live again because Dude, two I had shows, baby. yeah two shows. I had a fucking blast in London doing that show with Matt. Maybe arguably our best show we've ever done. You could certainly make an argument or a case for it. And so well, I'm excited to see what, what Chicago will bring out of us because both of us are performers that feed off the audience. Mm -hmm. And what Chicago gives us. We'll see how, how the show goes, and I'm looking forward to that. So, um, And I think Kristen Smith is in charge of our Twitter, so there will be some Twitter stuff for Top Ten coming up soon, yeah. I think. Possibly an Instagram account as well that she may be in charge of. We're still kind of negotiating a lot of things in that way. But as Matt said, if you want to help us, reach out to us. But reach out to us if you want to help us. And, like, this is serious business. This is not training wheels time. And, and I, I want to say this. This is serious business. If you guys want to help us, we want the best of the best and the high quality. We want to work with you, and we will pay you. We will compensate you uh, if the artwork or whatever is good enough. We are willing. So I just want to let you guys know that those of you who have been maybe hesitant, like, oh, do I really want to do this because I don't know, please give us your best. We will uh, meet you halfway in that way. So I just want to make sure people understand that going forward because um, we you know, we want the show to be the best it can be. Yeah, yeah. Some people have offered, um, you know, help with uh, – you know, one guy is helping us with the editing now and he's like, dude, yeah. don't even sweat it. But then, you know, graphic artists out there, mm -hmm. if you design something unique and cool and interesting, yeah. that's a piece of art. And we're understanding of that. That's a one-off you could never do. Like if you sell it to us, then technically I guess it's ours at that point. Yeah. You're selling us a part of you. Mm -hmm. I get it. That, you know that's worth something. Yeah. Not to say that the other individual's time is not, uh, but hopefully our time that we've put in is yeah. is it's worth something to you too. Yeah, it was worth something to you too. <laughs> we're, we're giving, so occasionally we don't mind asking if people are willing to give back if they yeah. can. Yeah. Uh, 
but yeah, we we're we're coming to the the towns because you guys uh, showed faith in us. Yeah. So we're we're turning that back. We're paying dividends on what you've given us. Yeah. And we want to continue to do that. So it's only through. Yeah, all the various forms, whatever you can help us do. If it's a retweet, if it's a review, if yeah. it's on Patreon, if it's coming to a live show, if it's just listening to the show, yeah. whatever it is, we appreciate it. In whatever capacity you're willing uh, to help us, we thank you. Uh, you are the true stars of this show. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know, that seems really meaningless. Uh, just in that, there's no way we could ever po- properly thank all of you. Well, uh, but we'll keep trying. I know, but it's that just like, that's why if it's like, trust me, yeah. we wouldn't be here. We'd just be too... Assholes yeah. talking yeah. to the void. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. We would have died a lot longer, a, lo- a long time As ago. As a show, yeah, agreed. Um, so th- thanks to you, and we can never properly thank you other than saying, you know, you have no idea what it means to us when we show up to these places, mm-hmm. and, and the energy in the room is—it's uh, just as you ever would hope it be. Yeah, and actually exceeds it. It's fantastic. In Chicago, Agreed. I know we already know it's going to be like that. Yeah, and Toronto, in Houston slash San Antonio, New York, San Diego. Everywhere else we could potentially come, we know it'll be the same there too. Australia's making a push. They're Brazil. pissed off. They're not in the mix. Yeah, <laughs> Brazil. Let's see how the, the if the ocean is percolating. <laughs> that's right. That's right. We'll see. All right, everybody. Thanks again for listening to us, and we'll see you next time on the Top Ten Show.